On today's episode of the Hitman Podcast, Mo and I talk about the blockbuster trade sending James Harden to the Brooklyn Nets. Woo. He teams up with KD and Uncle Drew. We break it all the way down. Who went where? What's the Rockets looking like after the fact? And how the new COVID-19 protocols are going to affect the NBA season. We also get into some NFL talk. We recap Super Wild Card Weekend. We talk about the Steelers getting embarrassed. Boom. What, what does that mean for Mike Tomlin? What does that mean for Big Ben? Are the Browns for real? Lamar gets those weights off his shoulders. The Rams, is that defense good enough to win a title? We get into the divisional matchups that coming, that's coming up this week. The Brady Breeze Bowl that we always wanted is finally here. Yeah. We also get into some quick hits. Chris hits us with the sneaker rundown, and you know we got the game show and shout outs. Episode 33 with the hit men. Let's get off into it. Yes, sir. Bitch-ass podcast says something, we come through and sweep them up like we the Sandman at Apollo. Whenever you hear that MVP chant, you already know it's the deal. It's the most valuable podcast in the world. The Hitman Podcast. Fresh new episode out the pot for your veins. Chris checking in from Oakland. Check it out, my brother. D. Bay Mo Tombo. What's the word, bro? How you feeling? Uh, what's good? No, no, bro? no. I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm living. I'm good, man. How you feeling? I'm kind of tired, bro. Sports been kicking my ass lately. I've been on the world tour, just the mic in my hand. Hey, man. 2021 told 2020. Hey, bro. Hold my drink real quick. I'm about to show you something. Straight up. Yeah, this is the deluxe edition. You feel me? The Yo, extended cut. These things, these stories just write themselves, bro. So <laughs> these stories just write themselves, bro. Like, I, I don't know. Like, have you ever seen somebody on um, the average 30? Five to thirty-six points a game, back-to-back MVPs, uh, get traded just like in the middle, like in, in ten games. We've Have been, we, I've been like saying, that? I've been saying this since the beginning. MVPs don't get traded. I don't want to give them too much sauce. We gotta let, we gotta let that dope kick in. We gotta give them some time. We're gonna get off into it. We appreciate y'all checking in with us, bro. But yeah, man, it's it's, it's a crazy time we're living in when it comes to the NBA. I remember growing up as a shorty, MVPs don't get moved. You feel me? MVPs yeah. don't move at all. Great time. It's a, it's a, these times are different, man. But, you know, uh, I'm glad to be here to see it. You know, people getting impeached twice. I ain't never seen that either. So Talking about twice. <laughs> I mean, Two shots. We, we the 2021 is like, come on, bro. 
Come on, y'all thought y'all saw something? Give me a second. I'm just getting started. I'm, oh, yeah, I'm we getting, just pausing. You know, I'm just, just warming just up. For effect. That was just for dramatics. <laughs> let's, hope that it, let's hope that it warms up in the right direction, though, because, damn, it's a lot going on, man. How, other than you being tired, man, what's the what's the deal? What's How you feeling? How the fam? How everything going? Oh, everything good. Everything straight up, over bro. on this side, man. Healthy? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know, God is real. Life is good. Everything, everything go. is uh, everything is everything. It's just church go. on the move. Sports is uh, kind of in the whirlwind right now. We right in the heart of stuff. You know, the NFL playoffs, NBA season starting to cook a little bit. Uh, yes, boxing sir. still trying to get these fights together, even with no fans. MMA trying to get that shit rocking and rolling. So we in a good spot right now. TV rocking. Got your honor. Power just ended. Snowfall about to get cooked up with it. Boy. What up, Saint? You feel when me? Snowfall, come on! I ain't can't. I don't care about nothing that's rocking on TV. When snowfall come, when that when that drop, when is it? Like the end of uh end of February, February. right? Yes, sir. Oh yeah, I'm tuned in. Best show. Bet. I'm not gonna. I don't want to say the best it, show on TV. The best show out here. The best thing might, moving. Might be one of the best shows. Ain't I've no seen mites in a long about time. It. In a long time, might be the best show. I'm not gonna say ever because I, I don't want to disrespect how many shows there's been. But damn. That's a good ass show. I'm waiting on uh the Mini Saints of Newark too. If y'all if y'all mm. know me, I'm a big mm -hmm. Sopranos fan, big drama, HBO joint. So that movie comes out. They just released the date, September 24th, 2021. So keep it locked. If you went to the gangster shit like I am, you're gonna get down with that movie, The Mini Saints of Newark. So But yeah, man, we ain't here to talk about that. We're here to talk about what's been popping these past couple days. You ready you ready to get off into it, bro? Come on, man. Let's not wait any longer. Y'all already know how we get down each and every week. It's the timeline. It's the Ruach. Y'all know where we going. It ain't no other where else. It ain't no other place to go. <laughs> Biggest news of the Regulators. week. The beard. James Harden is on the move. It's official. James Harden is officially now the newest member of the Brooklyn Nets. He joins former MVP Kevin Durant, former NBA champion Kyrie Irving, former MVP head coach Steve Kerr. Lots to unpack. Let's Steve first. Kirk? Let's first. Let's. I mean, my bad. Steve Nash. Steve Nash. <laughs> not Steve Kerr. It's all good. Just Sports been it. kicking my ass, y'all. Sorry about it. It's all good. But yeah, bro. Before we even unpack everything, let's talk about how we got here in the first place, bro. Yeah, man. Uh, if I mean, if you've been watching uh, before the season started, James Harden. You know, had a riff with Houston. Him and Russell Westbrook weren't happy about how the season ended. Russ wasn't happy about how things were being ran in Houston, so he asked for a trade. They got him out to Washington with Bill. Uh, Harden was stuck by himself. Daryl Morey gone. Mike D'Antoni gone. Russ gone. He wanted out. And it's okay when people ask for a trade. Like, we, this is not nothing new. We've seen superstars. We've seen stars ask for trades. We've seen stars say, yo, I'm just letting y'all know I'm not resigning with y'all. I'm not happy here. We've seen that. But what James Harden did was, you know, he took it to the next level. Uh, so before training camp, he was out, you know, partying. It was, it was well documented that he was at a uh, little baby's party. And then he went out to Vegas, didn't show up to training camp on time. Uh, when he showed up to training camp, uh, he looked a little overweight. It still does, you know. Um, but they started off the season. They started playing games. And yesterday, uh, what is it, two days ago, they played the Lakers Lake show. In, the, in the second game of their back-to-back -back with, you know, how they're doing the series now. Uh, they went down 30 in the first half. Wow. Easy. 
wow. to the point where LeBron was doing wow, his best bro. Steph Curry impersonation. Took a bet from Dennis Schroeder while shooting a three in the corner. In the turned game. around in game, turned around before the shot. As soon as it left his hand, turned around and said bet. At that point, I don't know if you follow me on Twitter at Smoking Ace Two Ks, Smoking Ace One. I then tweeted, "Yo, James Harden is getting traded. This ain't working. This is not working. He's gonna get traded soon." This was mid game, and his after game comments then disappoint. I think we got him. Why don't you go ahead and roll what he said after this game? James, are you surprised that y'all never made a run at all? I made a run at all in, the, in this one. We're just not good enough. Um, you know, we just we don't we don't uh, obviously chemistry, talent wise, just everything. And it's the band. Um, like I said, these last few games, um, they just you know, from the, from the beginning of the game, they were just aggressive. Uh, vet, veteran team, obviously, uh, championship team, and um, you know one of the best teams that we have in this league. Um, you know, I love this city. Um, I literally, you know, have done everything that I can. Um, you know, I mean, this, this situation is, is, is crazy. You know, it's something that uh, I don't think can be fixed. So, um, yeah, thanks. Thanks. So my man says that and walks, drops the mic and walks off. At this point, you know it's a wrap. He basically said the team ain't good, that we don't got enough talent. And you got Boogie Cousins and John Wall on the same team. I want uh, you got what you let's pull up what John Wall said and Boogie. A lot of guys here just want to compete at a high level, and um, like I told everybody tonight, and I told the guys before, when the one through 15 guys all on the same page and they commit, they know their role, they know what they want to do, they know what they want to get out of this, and that's the win. You all will be fine, but when you have certain guys in the mix that don't want to buy in all this one, it's going to be hard to do anything special, do anything good as a basketball team. I've been on those teams. My 11 years been in the league. I've been on a team like that my first five years where it was all about me, 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 not about the team. And that hurts. And it brings everybody down. So when we can get all on the same page, we can be something good here. And uh, we can't dwell it down on it because it's only been nine games. Like, come on, man. You want to jump off the cliff off of nine games? Wop the band. Wop the band. Yeah. And then Boogie Cousins had. And then Boogie said, tag me in. I'm on the sideline. Tag me in. Let's hear what yeah. Boogie got to say. Me personally, I don't feel betrayed at all. Um, my interest in playing with John Wall, to be well, the man. And uh, with that being said, um, the disrespect started way before, you know, any interview. Um, just the approach to the training camp, uh, Showing up the way he did, uh, the antics off the court. I mean, the disrespect started way before. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Um, I mean, just listening to that, right? That's after a loss. After the ninth game of the season, a loss to the Lakers, who are the reigning world champs. I mean, of course, you probably going to take that L. But James Harden decided, nah, bro, I'm good. I'm good. I seen all I need to see. Y'all not good enough. Get me up out of here. Dropped the mic, walked out. Uh, it was evident this was coming. The next day, uh, which was yesterday, Stephen Silas told James Harden to stay home, don't come to practice. I think that was a good thing because I think if he would have showed up to practice, him and Boogie would have slap boxed. I just, I'm, I'm just thinking that's probably what would have happened. So uh, they told him to stay home till they could get a trade done. And Houston basically was fielding any offer they could find. Um, they asked for Ben Simmons and Ty Tyrese Maxey um, from Philly. Philly was like, no way. Um, I think other teams were trying to get in on it. But at the end of the day, 
they got the trade done with the Brooklyn Nets. Um, let me run down the trade, bro, so we can, you know, get right into it. Yeah. Uh, this is how this whole trade broke down. So the Nets, of course, got James Harden. And it was a, um, a three-team trade, four-team trade, sorry. So between the Rockets, the Nets, the Pacers, and the Cavs. Uh, the Nets got James Harden. The Rockets ended up getting in return three Brooklyn first-round picks that are going to be taken in 2022, 2024, and 2026. Uh, and in this 14-team trade, they ended up getting uh, an, an addition to those three first-rounders, four Brooklyn first-round swaps in 2021, 2023, 2025, and 2027. Uh, also involved in this trade were the Pacers and the Cavs. And so this is how it breaks down. The Pacers get Karis LeVert and a second-rounder, and the Cavs get Jared Allen and Torian Prince. Uh, the Rockets also pick up Victor Oladipo, huh. Dante Exum, and I, I don't want to say his name wrong, but Rydion Krukuks. I can't say this man's name. <laughs> that is but, definitely <laughs> not how you say that shit. Krukuks. Krukuks. <laughs> My bad, bro. Rydion Krukuks. I want to so, fuck his name up, but let me fuck his name up real quick. <laughs> so, so all no, in no, all, no. Tombo. <laughs> so all in all, the Rockets ended up getting eight first round draft picks. Fucking crazy. Victor Oladipo, Dante Exum, Kuroks. Nets get James Harden, Pacers get Karis LeVert, and the Cavs get Jared Allen, Torian Prince. Chris, your thoughts. So I'm going to go from the bottom up. Uh, apparently the Cavs were ecstatic about getting Jared Allen. Absolutely. Um, like over the moon and knowing that he was available. I don't know what that speaks to in regards to Larry Nance, Drummond, Kevin Love, etc. But Jared Allen, I've always been a big fan of the Afro Samurai. Um, apparently the Nets, uh, or rather KD and Kyrie said, you know, pretty much anybody's anybody's expendable except for DeAndre Jordan. Fun fact, I was actually uh, at the game last night, Knicks and Nets, if y'all can timestamp when we recording this, but I got a chance to uh, pull up on DeAndre Jordan right when he was entering the stadium. And when he was getting out, that's when he was finding out about the trade. Mm. So I got to see his reaction live prior to the game starting, but uh, pretty nice pickup for the Cavs, right? The Rockets seem to make out with what would look like the best deal available. So many picks, right? They might not be great picks because we're looking at the Nets on paper. Those, those are going to be low draft picks year in, year out until maybe the back end of all of these guys' careers. So 2027 is when you're starting to look at other talent. But Houston can leverage those picks possibly. Mm -hmm. um, I would have loved to see them make a move uh, to send Harden to Philly. Uh, um, and apparently um, Ben Simmons was ecstatic about not being traded because he feels like Philly has something magical going on right now. Obviously, first place in in, uh, in the East. Uh, MVP candidate in Joel Embiid right now. But he feels good about the, the, I guess, the boost of confidence or the vote of confidence the Sixers have in Ben Simmons and when his name has been in trade rumors for weeks. Right. Um, so... Salute to the Sixers for kind of staying pat. We'll, we'll continue to monitor what they're doing. 
But the Rockets, they made out, they made out with a with as best as a package they could get. And then they ended up flipping Karis LeVert for Victor Oladipo. So now you have a, a dynamic backcourt with John Wall who's been look who's been, you know, probably he's probably gonna win most improved player. And I know that's kinda unconventional, mm. but just from coming back off an of injury to looking the way he looks now, pairing him with a Victor Oladipo, obviously Boogie just showed you in the, in his in his conference his press conference, he has he has all the faith in the world that uh, his former Kentucky uh, teammate is is going to lead them to you know new heights, and it's also a vote of confidence to Steven Silas. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, they get rid of, a, of what might seem to be a cancer in James Harden. There's also rumors floating around that there are teams inquiring about PJ Tucker as well. Um, yeah. So he might be on the move pretty soon. But for yeah. the Nets, man. Overall, well, let's stop. Let's stop that there. Let's get. We're gonna get to them. We're gonna get to them in a second. I'm gonna tell you. Let's. I like how you broke that down. Let's break down the other teams before we get to the Nets because there's a lot of layers there. All right. So go ahead and break down. Yeah. Go ahead and tell me about Indiana and Karis LeVert. So with, with a player in Karis LeVert, obviously we we have been singing this praise since last year, and we said prior to this trade with the Nets even staying packed the way they were, everybody's saying like, yo. Their bench is a starting lineup. Their bench players now are, were their starters last year. So the Nets were already in really good shape, especially with Karis LeVert uh, leading that, that second unit. He had the potential to be the sixth man of the year this year coming off the bench uh, for Steve Nash and uh, D'Antoni. So the fact that he goes to Indiana, uh, putting him with Sabonis, putting him with Malcolm Brogdon, uh, obviously TJ Warren. The Pacers just, I feel like they upgraded a little bit. I honestly do. Okay. Um, I, okay. I like Oladipo as a player. He's a solid player, but he's been injured. Um, Karis LeVert has not. He's been inconsistent. Karis LeVert has not. So I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, the chemistry between, between himself, uh, Holiday, Sabonis, TJ Warren. Um, really interesting in what's going on with that. Yeah. With the Nets, with the Nets though, the reason I wanted to get to it was because last night, again, they did play the Knicks last night. They only fielded eight players. They only right. played eight players because of this trade. So That's in cool. the event that someone would have gotten hurt, DeAndre Jordan. Uh, also, of note, Kevin Durant played. Kyrie Irving did not. So, right. so I, want, I just I want to stop you there because I want to get into that and I want to stay there. So uh, I'm going to just break this down before we get to the Nets. Uh, like you said, the Cavs, I don't know what they got going on because they got Jared Allen there, Kevin Love, Andre Drummond, uh, Larry Nash Jr. Yeah. They have a whole bunch of big men. I seen something funny on the internet uh, yesterday when they were, when the trade went down. Like, yo, that uh, Jared Allen, DeAndre, uh, not, uh, that Jared Allen, Andre Drummond pick and roll gonna be nasty. I laugh, because I'm like, yeah, they got all big men. I don't know who's, I mean, how do you, how do you play all of them? So it looks like a Kevin Love trade or Andre Drummond trade may be imminent in oh, the Kevin future. Love's out of there. He's, um, going to, he's going to Boston for sure. Yeah, so, somebody's gone. Um, that's imminent. But uh, Jared Allen, I thought that he was, you know, the defensive anchor for that Nets team. So uh, the, for the Cavs to be able to pick him up and go ahead and solidify their future at the center position, that's big for them. Uh, the Rockets. I'm going to kind of go between the Pacers and the Rockets. The person who won this trade is Karis LeVert. Yeah. If there was one person who won the trade, it was Karis LeVert. Yeah. Karis LeVert was coming off the bench in Brooklyn uh, after having a stellar season last year. And now he gets a situation where he comes into Indiana 
and he's allowed for his game to just be free. Yeah, he can be the We're going to see the best version of Karis LeVert. They're going to give him the ball and say, go to work. And and he's going to do that. You know, he's he's legit a player that can get you 25 points, 10 assists a night. And we're going to see that. Uh, I'm interested that in seeing, I'm interested uh-huh. in seeing how he's going to improve uh, Miles Turner's game as well. I want yeah. to know what the high low is going to look like in terms of uh, spacing the floor as well as uh, working with Sabonis because Sabonis has already been showing he's a phenomenal passer like his pops back in the day but yeah. he's, he's an all-star and with Karis LeVert putting up friends all-star numbers TJ Warren um, I, I'm not I don't I hope I'm not stealing your thunder but I, I, the more we talk about it I really like what Indiana did yeah they I mean they solidified you know and they get out future. of having to pay for all the depots uh, upcoming upcoming deal Right, and you know how they get down. They don't really, they don't really believe in spending, a, you know, buku amounts of money to keep players, and so they're able to get Karis LeVert, that's going to come into his prime there in Indiana. You surround him with Sabonis, who I think is a phenomenal player. Uh, I just think he's solid all the way around. You know, his mid range, his passing. He just, I love the way that he plays the game. Um, you have those other pieces there, Brogdon. Brogdon is always a positive. I don't ever see him on the floor and he's hurting his team. He's always playing good. He's one of the best, you know, pros in the game. And so you surround him with that and that culture with Paris LeVert, he's only going to grow. Uh, on the contrary, the Rockets, they're not making the playoffs. Let's be honest. They're not making the playoffs. Um, they'll have ups and downs. But the one thing about the Rockets is they'll play hard this year. Uh, the way that James Harden left them will leave a sour taste in the mouths of John Wall, DeMarcus Cousins, everybody that's there. Because he basically said they weren't good enough. But now you add Victor Oladipo to that situation. Uh, I, I believe that you know players in their contract year, which Victor Oladipo is in now, they, you see their best basketball. They can't take a night off. They can't uh, uh, look weak because that max money is on the line, and that's what he wants. So you're going to get the best version of Victor Oladipo this year, and you can mix him with John Wall, uh, John Wall, who has something to prove, Boogie Cousins, who has something to prove. P.J. Tucker might be out of there, but while he's there, he's you know what you get from P.J. Um, and then I'm really happy for Steven Silas because Steven Silas now does not have to come into his tenure in the beginning of his tenure with a headache anymore. Uh, Harden got what he want, he's gone. Now Steven Silas can come implement his system, the way that he wants to play ball, his offense. If you guys don't know, Steven Silas was the assistant coach over at Dallas. In Dallas last year had one of the most efficient offenses in NBA history. So uh, you bring him over here to Houston and you're able to now have no distractions and allow to just coach freely, I think that you, you, there's no night off when you play the Rockets. And so uh, I did hear while we were on the subject of Victor, Victor Oladipo that his end destination that he wants to end up at is Miami. For sure. I've been here so, for two years. Yeah. So let's monitor that because he could be on the move um, by the trade deadline to Miami anyway. But while he's in Houston, he'll make the best of it. Uh, so that was my thoughts on, you know, those three teams. But let's get to it. Let's get to it. You tell me where you want to start with the Nets. Because this is it's, it's a lot here, bro. Let's start from the top down. So, like again, I was there at the Knicks Nets last night. There's no better player on the planet than Kevin Durant. And I'm telling you this from first-hand experience. Okay. I know, I know Bron has the rings. 
I know Kawhi had the had the uh, I guess he was the sexy pick or like the, the 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 flashy pick last year. Kevin Durant is the best basketball player on the planet. On the planet, he was absolutely amazing last night. Watching him get to his spots, he can shoot from wherever he wants. He can shoot over players. He has the speed to. He has a very quick first step. Um, no signs of rust on that on that pop to Achilles. He was dunking the ball. He was he was making phenomenal passes. He was doing whatever he wanted to. Nigel, it was the Knicks, but he was doing whatever he wanted to do against the Knicks, right? Against right. the Knicks, right? You. But night in, but night in, night out, he can do that against anybody, against yeah. anybody. Okay. And, th- and he was he was he was uh, guarded by Julius Randle last night. Julius Randle is not a scrub. He's not a slouch by any means. Julius Randle is a really good player. How tall is Julius Randle? Uh, I believe he's six ten. All right. I believe he's 6'10". Kevin Durant right. is listed at 6'10". Six, Kevin Durant is 7'1". Stop playing. I, I know what they list him at, but you look... Come on. He's clearly taller than Julius Randle. Now, I agree with a lot of what you're saying, though, about Kevin Durant, by the way. But I just... I, I don't want you to have that overreaction over watching him dog the, the Knicks. Because, I mean, everybody's going to do that. He's but. amazing, man. He's amazing. <laughs> he's unbelievable. And he, yes. and he and he scored, I believe he had 26 last night without Kyrie. Um, the Nets even looked good with the eight players they had last night, mind you. It was the Knicks, but still, the Knicks have been doing pretty decent this season. Uh, now, when Kyrie gets his head out of his ass or when he's done saging his house or whatever the fuck he has going on um, and his focus, you're hard-pressed to find a better, a better point guard in the league than Kyrie. Um, there may be one or two night in, night out that can consistently uh, say that they're better than Kyrie. But now you add in the mix of James Harden. This is an official big three. Is it more lethal than the big three in, in Cleveland with LeBron, Love, and Kyrie? Possibly. Is it more lethal than the big three out in uh, Golden State? Possibly. But I know for a fact... Um, this move, this move signifies that Brooklyn is not fucking around. This is the official not fucking around crew. They are going for the championship this year. They're not trying to play games. They're not trying to half-step it. They want to get the most out of these last uh, few years that Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and James Harden have in their prime. Yeah. Um, man, where do I start with the Nets? Uh, let's... I mean, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna overreact to what I saw yesterday with KD, but it's I mean, let's talk about it. KD is one of the best players to ever play this game. I have him at number two, um, just because I just believe that Brian still has a fall, fall off that cliff yesterday. I mean, we'll he get to a, that in he, a second. He hasn't, fall, That's he hasn't fallen off. Yeah, we get to that. We'll get to it. And but he hasn't fallen off the cliff. Um, the same things that you see KD do, LeBron does, but it just looks different. Uh, but KD, scoring-wise, I mean, there's nobody that can mess with him, right? 7-1, can put the ball on the floor like a 6-1 guard. I was so happy to see him come back this year, and he not, he's averaging 29 points a game this year already. So for everybody who thinks that he needs some time to get ramped up and all of that, nah, he's ready. He's back. It's, it's all good. It's great. Now, let's get into this trade. You have KD, you have Kyrie Irving, and you have James Harden. You have a big three. This is, the, in my opinion, the only big three in the NBA. Nobody has a big three. And if they do, it doesn't look like this. 
you have James Harden, who over the last three seasons has averaged over 30 points a game. Over the last five seasons, had five seasons hasn't averaged anything under uh 28. And let's just add in two MVPs. KD. He has one, he has one, he has one, one MVP. I'm sorry, one, one MVP. Sorry about that. KD, two finals, two finals MVPs. Kyrie, a finals win. You add these people together. Now, remember, KD and James Harden played together in OKC. But it was not this James Harden. Yes, they went to a finals together. But this is not the James Harden from OKC. Since he's left OKC, this man has been in Houston doing whatever he wants to do. Not in a bad way. I'm talking about just toying with the league. Get to the bucket at will. Can score at will. The offense runs around him. He has the ball in his hands. 75% 75% of the time letting things run for him, okay? Uh, uh, now he's joining a team where I don't have a, I don't think KD, this this doesn't affect KD. KD is one of the most efficient scorers I've ever seen. He can take 12 shots and get 30 points. This is not gonna affect him. He's gonna play his game. He's always gonna be up there getting 30. He is, and let's make this clear. He is the number one guy on this team. He is the clear best guy on this no team. No question. Right? So let's make that clear. This is where I like have, I guess, my reservations. I, yes, am with you. When you make this trade, it is championship or bust. You have to come out the East though. That, that ain't even a question. You have to come out of the East. But how does this happen? Let's take it back to the big threes in the past that we've seen in the last like 10 years, right? So the first big three, I'll say Ray Allen, KG, Paul Pierce, right? Uh, they were a little older when they got together, but in that big three, Ray Allen sacrificed his game. He's turned strictly into a spot-up shooter. Most definitely. Right? Everybody else got to play that game, really. KG still did what he did, but Ray Allen turned into a spot-up shooter. And he's the one that received the least amount of accolades. KG won Defensive Player of the Year. Paul exactly. Pierce was the final, Finals MVP. MVP. Ray Allen was... Yeah. Ray Allen. <laughs> right? Now, 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 not to say it's nothing bad about this. I'm just I'm just painting a picture here. So, Ray Allen had to sacrifice his game. It's a lot of his dribble penetration, a lot of his, you know, uh just cuz a lot of people would think that Ray Allen is just a shooter. Yeah. yeah, they just think he's just a straight shooter, but Ray Allen had G. If you go look at the tape. Oh yeah, go watch Seattle. Go watch Milwaukee yeah. tapes for De- sure. Definitely go watch. He right. was not just a spot-up shooter. Not at cool. All. Let's move on to the evolution of the big three. And when you had LeBron, D-Wade, and Chris Bosh. Chris Bosh was almost a 30-point scorer. Don't skip the Lakers now. They had they had Kobe, Lamar, and Powell. Nah, bro. That's not a, no. I mean, that's a, that's not that's not the big three that I'm talking about. What I'm talking about with big three is three superstars who were in their own respective teams, leading their teams, and came together to win. That that's that's the big three I'm talking about. I don't I in my opinion I don't put them I don't put them in the big three. But they were a big three as far as mm, debatable. The best three. There's no way you can tell me Powell, Powell Gasol and Kobe Bryant. Yeah, Lamar Odom. No, Lamar Odom was the sixth man on that team. He didn't even start. So it's a different to me. It's different. I, I that's that's where mm, I'm at debatable with that. because you can but, say the same thing about Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, and Ginobili. But I don't want to steal your thunder. You was making a yeah. real good point. Keep going. But you, so let's go on to uh, Miami. You got Bosh Wade, Bosh Wade, Brian. 
Bosch was 25 and 10, closer to 30 and 10, just killing everybody in Toronto, but didn't win. When he came to Miami, it was clear that he was the third option. He turned into a mid-range spot up, and he had to extend his range and learn how to start shooting threes so that he could be effective in the lineup and still feel like part of the team. He struggled with that for the first, he, he didn't really struggle with it. He, I think he excelled in that role, but I think that mentally he struggled with it in the first couple of years as to what his role was. Um, but it was clear that he had to take the back seat. Even D Wade had to have a talk with LeBron and say, you know what? This is not going to work unless I take the back seat to you and let you be the guy. I got to let you steer this ship. Right. And then that's when they started winning games. They won championships that way. Now, you got Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, KD. Steph and Clay are probably two of the more likable superstars in the NBA that you'll ever find and self most selfless. Yeah, the most complimentary. Yes. The reason being, they actually don't need the ball in their hands to get 40. All they have, all they need to do is spot up, run around, spot up, and they will light you up for 40 to 50 points on any given night. So you add Durant into that mix. Durant, you can really keep playing your game. Just make sure that we get the ball. And Durant is also efficient as well. So that's why as soon as he joined that team, everybody knew what was coming. It was championships. It was just... As long as they stayed together, however many championships they wanted, they could have actually went to go get. Um, injuries derailed that, of course, but that big three worked out very well because of their unselfishness. And you have Draymond in the middle making sure that everybody's eating. Now, let's fast forward to Brooklyn. KD is, like I said, efficient. Kyrie, he played with LeBron, but guess what? He didn't like playing to LeBron. Second fiddle. Now you got James Harden. James Harden hasn't played second fiddle to anybody in seven to eight years. He had Dwight Howard, didn't like him, got him up out of there. Had Chris Paul, didn't like him, got him up out of there. Had, um, who else did he have there? He had, I mean, Melo was there, Russell Westbrook was there, didn't work, got him up out of there. John Wall, Boogie Cousins. Doesn't matter with him. If he's the main guy, he has to get his buckets his way. We've seen that. If he is not dribbling a basketball and he's not, and he doesn't have the ball, he does not move without the ball. So at this point, who is the second option on his team? And I know the second option on his team. The second option is James Harden. James Harden. It's James Harden. Now, who's going to go tell Kyrie that he's the third option on his team? Fuck that. Who's playing defense on the Nets? That was the next question. Who's playing defense? That was my next question. Because y'all traded away Jared Allen. Y'all traded away Karis LeVert. Spencer Dinwiddie's out. Who's playing defense? Now, this when is When Boston to, comes to town, yeah, when Philly comes to town, who's playing defense? They're going to have to buckle down. Listen, this is what this who? is. Who? Who? I mean, who's who's going to have to buckle down? Get specific. All of them. All of them. Who is them? Get specific. <laughs> These mean, niggas don't play defense, man. James Harden. James Harden going to have to play who? defense. Who? Who? James Harden. Defense? Harden. He's gonna have to play defense. He has no choice. Yeah. Kyrie's gonna have to sit down and play defense. We got a brand new uh sound bite for y'all. Let's let's Yeah, hold on. What? Who? Bro, James Harden's gonna have to play defense, bro. I'm telling you. Have James to have, have to. to. He's on, he got no choice. They traded everybody. They traded, I mean they they got rid of you gotta understand, Spencer Dinwiddie was their best perimeter defender. He's out for the year. He's not playing this year. So now you have 
And that starting lineup looks like it's going to be Katie, DeAndre Jordan, who also DeAndre Jordan is not really, he's a shell of himself. Um, he's going to have to find some energy and get back to them young legs that he had in, in with the Clippers. But I don't know if that's, that's possible. But, Who's playing defense? <laughs> bro, I'm telling you, they're going to have to sit down. You got DeAndre Jordan, KD. Uh, Joe Harris? My, Joe, ha Joe Harris. Chris Kozier? And then you got Kyrie and you got Harden. That starting five, I know we're talking a lot of shit right and now. Bruce Brown is starting right now. Yeah, but but that's he's not starting when they you know that's that's temporary. That's temporary. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. I'm taking this five. I don't care. Like I like I'm never not taking Kyrie, KD, and James Harden on my team because I know they're gonna score 130 points by default. Now you got Steve Nash coaching. You got Mike D'Antoni as an assistant coach. You got Amari Stoudemire as an assistant coach. No offensive rebounds in sight. None. I, it's not even offensive rebounds. I'm just saying, even if they wanted to play defense, who's going to emphasize that they need to be playing defense? Who's going to emphasize the defensive principles that they need to have? That's the scary part, right? Because they'll score 130, but I fear that they'll give up 140. Just because, just because they won't discipline and lock down when it's time to. KD can. KD has become a way better defender over the years. But he wasn't that at first. He It took he for Draymond and Steve Kerr and the assistant coaching staff, Mike Brown, when he was with the Warriors to instill that into him. Because when he came to the Warriors, he was not a defensive player. They had to Make tell him, bro, you don't have these long arms for no reason. You don't have this long stride for any reason. We yeah, need blocks. Uh -huh. We need rebounds. You can you can take your game to another level. And he did. And he did. And he tapped into that. And you got to give Mike Brown credit because Mike Brown is, is, is a defensive coach. That's what he's known for. Um, and so they were able to tap into that into his defensive abilities over there in Golden State. And I mean, it's easy when you have, I'm just not gonna say it's easy, but it's easier when you have somebody like Klay Thompson, who is one of the best two-way players that we have in this game. He can lock down your, your best shooting guard or your best perimeter defender. I mean, perimeter offensive option. So now you're looking at New Jersey, I mean, New Jersey, I'll say Brooklyn, you're looking at them and you're like, all right, so when we need to get a stop, when uh, Dame comes into town, when CJ comes into town, when, you know, any of these players with guards that can just, when Devin Booker comes into town, who are we going to put on him to make sure that life is hard? Because you're not going to stop these players, but you want to make life hard on them. Who are you going to, who are you going to put on them? You're not going to put Kyrie on them. You're not going to put James Harden on them. You can't put KD on them. Which is fucking mind-blowing to me, bro, because at each position, these guys are more are the larger uh, are the larger body players most of the time. Paul Kyrie is already is already bigger than most of the point guards in the league. James mm -hmm. Harden James Harden is looking like a fucking Mack truck nowadays, and Kevin Durant is a fringe seven footer. So y'all already have the physical tools to be a defensively stout uh, uh, big three. It's about yeah. taking advantage of it. Well, it all comes. This is a skill versus will thing. I've been right? next to Kyrie in person, bro. He looks like a fucking running back. James uh, Harden on. looks like a Jay, fucking Ky tank. Kyrie don't look like no running back, bro. Stop I've st I, I've stood uh, face to face I, with I Kyrie understand. Irving. I'm telling you, I'm 6'3", 220 pounds. Kyrie Irving is bigger than me. No, I mean, yeah, maybe in in stature, he ain't no running back. I mean, come on, bro. All he right, really, uh, he's all I right. Mean, I mean, but even so, like he is a good defender when he wants to be. And no, I've seen it. I'm just speaking from a physical standpoint. No, Kyrie, doesn't, can, Kyrie doesn't play any fucking defense. Let me, you know let me, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's the point of wanting to play defense and having the two. 
I could see if somebody couldn't play defense. I'm under the notion that Steph Curry can't play defense because he got two left feet. Like you can bake him. Like that's not a that's not a problem. So, but the thing about Steph Curry is that he will try. You see him trying. It just ain't working out for him most of the time. Kyrie has all the tools to be a good defender at his position. Great Does he try though to be a good defender at his position? I don't believe so. KD has all the tools to be an amazing defender, defensive player of the year at his position. For sure. Does he try? Sometimes he does, sometimes he doesn't. I think that he's gonna be the person to take his defensive game to the next level here. James Harden has all the tools to be a, a great defensive player. He is got long arms, big body. He can put, put his body on you, you're not going nowhere. Does he want to play defense? It's obvious. Go look on YouTube. It's a 10 minute clip of him not wanting to play defense. He hasn't been playing defense this whole year. I don't know if that was his way of trying to get out of Houston, but he has not been playing defense. Well, let's talk so about now. that because you made a good point off the air. Mm -hmm. Coming mm -hmm. into camp or coming into the season out of shape, not cutting his hair, being silent dismissive in, in, the, in the media. You think it was a silent protest to get him That's up it. out of Houston? Bro. In the next two weeks, James Harden will lose 15 pounds. I'm just letting you know that. That was a silent protest, bro. He gonna come out, he gonna have a fresh cut, he gonna lose 15 pounds, and he gonna look like the James Harden of old. So, so I'm, I'm not worried about I'm that. Ask you again. I'm gonna ask you again then, because I posed this question a couple of episodes back. Who mm -hmm. had a more flamboyant uh, protest? Antonio Brown with the helmet and the cryo feet and this and that, <laughs> or James Harden? You told me it was nowhere near the same. No, now AD, looking back at it, who had the who had the more the more uh who had the worst answer? AB gets my trophy, bro. Still? My good, yeah, bro. The bro is wild. Uh, he wild on national TV. I'm talking about on a weekly series that we could see it every week. Like, Harden he, he it, in and out of strip clubs, pulling up to his friend's dinner without a mask on, not really having an explanation, showing up to practice late, showing up to camp late, throwing the ball at his teammate when he got into uh preseason uh yeah. practice. I will say Not this. I will say this. No, I will say this. In both, I will say that it's the same, but I think AB's was just worse because how in a game of football with 60, 60 or 75 players out there, how is this one dude controlling the whole narrative? You see what I'm saying? But with James Harden and both of them, I, I think that in this situation, I'm going to say this about James Harden. It's okay to one out. It's okay to not be on the same terms as your owner. It's okay to not want to be there. I don't. I am not. I am not with the way he went out. Cause there's a couple things here, right, bro? You can't. You can't do that. I mean. I mean. I mean. You can. You can. Can. But that's. I don't think it's right. Coach. It's his first gig. He's a black guy, and you know how hard those opportunities come for them, and you're making life hard on him, like. You're not being the ultimate professional that you know you can be. James Harden has never really been a problem child when it comes to basketball. Basketball. You can say whatever you want outside of his comments and all of that, but he's never been nothing but a professional when it comes to that. And then I've been watching him the last six games, and I've just been watching. He's, he's literally quit. James Harden in the last five games has not scored over 20 points. When the hell? was the last time that James Harden ain't scored 20 points in a game, let alone five games in a row. I don't know, man. I I, I think so, it's kind of overstated the idea about Steven Silas. I mean, he's a head coach. There are only 30 of them. The last time a, a, an African-American won an NBA championship was 13 years ago. So I'm not really putting that no, much it wasn't. stock. No, it wasn't. No, what it wasn't. What you mean? No, it wasn't. What 2016, you mean? bro. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Ty 2016. Ty Lu. I was yeah. thinking Doc in um in, in 08. Okay. Well, yeah. yeah, 2016. So we talking five years. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of a fluke. That was kind of like a. They had that team already in place. The same situation with Steve Kerr and, and Mark Jackson. It was right. kind of a situation where the team was already set. They just responded to Ty Lu over um over David Black. And Ty Lu went to four straight finals. I'm not saying, uh, bro. Mm, it's not. Uh, but it's not. It's not necessarily. It's not necessarily. David Black to went the to the first one. David yeah. Black went to the first one. So. It's not them going to the finals. It's get. It's getting you getting a buy-in from your superstar player. At least if you like, bro. Let me tell you. If this guy is the guy, he's the main guy, and I or I, you work for a company. This guy is the corporate whatever guy of the year. He's winning all the awards, and you see him disrespecting his boss on the on your first day of work. You see him disrespecting your boss, doing whatever he want to do. If I'm impressionable and I'm a young guy and it's my first day, I'm gonna be like, oh, this is how we do stuff around here. And that's the that's my analogy with James Harden, bro. You got rookies. You got people here. Like, you're the leader of this team. Even if you don't want to be here, handle it with class, bro. And treat the coach and the, with him. Even if you don't want to treat the organization with respect, that's fine. But treat the coach with some respect, bro. Like, give him a chance. Give him a chance. Don't let... Why you got him starting off behind the eight ball? That's debatable, too, though, because we just that's, saw... That's we just saw, That's we just, we just saw uh, Aaron Rodgers... Um, put Matt LaFleur through the ringer and now they on the verge of going straight to the Super Bowl and they didn't get along at all. Aaron Rodgers wasn't feeling him at all last year. But he, he wasn't kinda, defying he kinda, him. Mm, he wasn't defying him. He wasn't defying him. Aaron Rodgers didn't go out there and, and, and start throwing interceptions. But Aaron Rodgers does a lot of throwing people under the bus and he starts with the head coach nine times out of ten. Yeah. What ended up happening was he gave him a chance and that's the difference. He gave LaFleur a chance to show him what he was made of in terms of opening up the playbook, different options, different sets that would allow the Packers to be successful in ways that they hadn't been before. Now, mm-hmm. the same thing could have been done with Steven Silas and James Harden, but James Harden didn't give it a chance at all. He basically so, he, was, he made the indictment in saying, John Wall, Boogie Cousins, the teammates I've already had here, including PJ, are not good enough to beat the Lakers. They're not good enough to get us over the hump. And so I won out. And that's what I, and my thing is with the league, period, even though talent trumps all, bro, I'm not with this mentality, whether it's Anthony Davis, LeBron back in the day, all the way up until right now. Kyrie, even when he went to Boston, when he muscled his way out of Cleveland, and now with James Harden, MVPs don't get traded, bro. MVPs don't leave their team to go join another team to win the championship. MVPs don't. No, they do do. not. MVPs MVPs don't leave. MVPs leave. In the new eras, they do, get. They might not get traded, but they do get traded, bro, since the beginning of time, like since the 80s. No. Since the 80s, bro. No. Besides besides who? Malone? Besides Moses Malone? That's it. Moses Malone got traded to the Sixers. Exactly. When he got traded, that's it. I'm, I'm saying... I'm saying holding out. Kareem didn't get trades. traded to the Lakers? Come on. Bro, we can keep going. Bro, we can keep bro, going. Bro, we can keep he going. He won a championship in Milwaukee. There's a difference. When you're the MVP and the the MVP. all you it doesn't matter, dog. You have to be standing on something. James Harden doesn't have a championship. He doesn't have a conference finals win. He hasn't even been in the finals since he was with Durant. And now you're telling me it's okay for MVPs. You're the franchise player. You're making 200 something million dollars and you want out? Bro, you you're supposed to make yeah. your teammates better. You're supposed to make the team culture better. Pe- coaches, teams, players are coming to the organization because of you. I'm not coming well, because of Steven Silas. I'm not coming because of Fertitta. I'm coming because James Harden is there and I want to play with James Harden. Well, let Harden. me ask you a question, Chris. Let me ask you a question. 
James Harden has MVPs. One. If he he has one. He should have, in my opinion, should have two or three. But he has one. But okay, he has one MVP. Let me ask you a question: Is James Harden's game centered around anything about making his teammates better? His MVP season, yes, because he was he was he was averaging twelve I'm assists. Talking he was averaging, he was averaging twelve thirteen. He was averaging twelve thirteen assists. I'm not going to play him on that. When, when people were saying that he's a selfish player, this and that, he was when he was playing point guard and when he had Chris Paul there, um, he was doing his thing in, in terms of getting teammates open and getting them getting. What them is James Harden's way. strength? What is his strength? His scoring. His scoring. All right. That's why people want. That's why people come to see James Harden. That's why people turn on the TV to see James Harden because he can score unlike anybody we've ever probably seen in NBA history. That's he's debatable pro, like, too. He's pro, he's prolific. Like he can get buckets. That's what he does. He was averaging at one. He was getting fifty point triple doubles. Like sixty point triple doubles, like this dude is out of control, right? I don't think when people. To- I don't think people tune in uh, to check out James Harden the way you think. The Rockets do not do major numbers in the ratings. I think it's because of the marquee matchups, the Saturday nights or those big Thursday nights when he's playing the Warriors or he's playing LeBron. That's when he gets high ratings. Besides that, the Rockets games do not draw numbers, bro, and that that's indicative of James Harden's game. He his his game in terms of scoring because I don't want to I don't want to lord it like it's all nothing but net. Not to no pun intended. James Harden. Makes Makes a lot of his money at the free throw line because he does a lot of fucking flopping, a lot of crying about calls, Chris, and he ends up scoring. Chris, stop no, no, Chris, no, stop no. Stop We're not gonna do that. He does. Stop he it. he does thirty percent of his work at the free throw line. You know this to be a fact. He'll score 15, 16 points a night from the free throw line. Sometimes twenty five points from the free throw line. So all these fifty point games, that shit is inflated. It's not. It's not the greatest. I'm not gonna deny his talent. I'm not gonna deny what type of player he is. But at the same time, don't just take it as like. James Harden and Steph Curry. Line is, so when did the free get into the free throw line? When did that stop being part of the game? With, that's a you skill. Ask, you asked me about you ask, you asked me about drawing numbers. People do not tune in for you to be, to, well, to catch you at the free throw line, bro. So yeah, well, you say he's a lethal scorer. People tune in to see you being lethal scoring from the perimeter, from slashing, from creating uh-huh. plays for your teammates. Not every time I turn on the TV and click back, you at the fucking free throw line again. I'm not. Well, I'm his, not tuning into that. His game is not aesthetically pleasing to most people. I get that, and I'm not talking about ratings. And I, I get what you mean by ratings and things of that nature. I'm saying when you tune in, if you're watching James Harden. You the most most of the times when you're watching James Harden is because of how he scores his buckets. He will put you in a blender. He will give you 40 to 50 and he don't sometimes need to go to the free throw line. Yes. Is that a big part of his game? You know why? People foul him. He gets fouled. It's not his fault. It's not his fault he gets fouled. He puts himself in a position offensively with his dribbling moves and his ability to be crafty to go to the free throw line 15 to 20 times a game. Is that is that a, is that like not good to watch? No, I've actually been at a game where I watched him go to the free throw line 20 times. Did I enjoy it? The game moved slow. But when I looked up and I was like, damn, bro got 40 points. That's not like, impressive it, though. That's not it impressive. Is impressive. It is you impressive. You can go out there and score 40 from the free throw line, bro. Not if I can't get there. But you're not an That's, MVP and you can still get it. You're telling me an no, MVP. I can't, I can't oh, do it. I can't stop. do what James Harden does. Stop. Let's talk but about I, let's but, talk about the Nets, bro. I'm yeah, let's get back heated. to it. Let's get back to it. But okay. So in this situation, like I said, you got these three superstars, right? You got this new first-time coach, um, and Steve Nash. You got this, you got all these pieces here. Right. Who is under the most pressure to deliver? James Harden, for sure. James Harden. You, no doubt. You believe so? Absolutely. 
Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant already won by coming back from his injury. He's already overachieving by doing what he's doing right now. Anybody that holds him to the standard of he has to win a championship fresh off an Achilles injury is delusional. Even if they don't win it, if they make it into the playoffs at a high seed, and and, and it's for my standards. And they do seven game a seven game semifinal series with a Philly, with a Boston, with a Milwaukee. I'm fine with that. But <laughs> what? But but no, but let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. Now that Harden is there, that changes things because the idea that Kyrie and KD handling the team with the Nets being the way they were. Because it was a bit of a head-scratcher when those two went there in the first place. They go, oh, we like the way they play. This is the third. The Brooklyn Nets were not the Warriors when, when KD was talking about going there. So we people couldn't really understand what he was talking about. Uh, the other thing was the comment that he made, I like the young players. I like the chemistry there. I like the way they play. I want to play with them. Less than three weeks into the season, all of those players, are, all of them are gone. And the coach. And the coach. All of them yeah. are gone. Um, so, yeah. He handled it a little bit better than LeBron did with, with his situation with the Lakers and with the Cavs. Because <laughs> he had a torn Achilles. What are you talking no, about? No, I'm, I'm just talking I'm talking about media-wise. Like He he, he didn't said, have to speak. When you hurt, you don't have to speak. So, he, yeah. He I'm, speaking, speak. I'm speaking to the fact that oh he said he God. liked the young players, and then when he got there, they changed the team. You see what I'm saying? When LeBron was saying that he wants to come home to Cleveland, it took for them to trade Wiggins, trade Anthony Bennett trade these picks, get these situations uh, uh, molded. When he went to the Lakers, everybody was saying, oh, him playing with Lonzo, he's going to be a great mentor to Lonzo. And he got Lonzo to fuck up out of there. So that's what I'm saying. That's he the played difference. with them and called them kids special. He just couldn't And then got them the fuck up out of there. What are you saying? Go ahead. I'm going to let you finish. So to that point, now that Harden is with the Nets, the pressure is definitely on because they look stacked. That starting lineup should give you 80 points regardless of who else is contributing. And then when you're coming out of the Atlantic division, right now it's looking like Philly, Boston's kind of middle of the road, Toronto's kind of middle of the road, and the Knicks are the Knicks. So it's really, right now, it's Brooklyn and it's Philly. So if you can come out, if you can beat Philly, you should be able to get straight to the championship because right now, Philly's looking like the best team in the East. I don't know what Milwaukee's on. I don't know what Miami's on, but right now, the Nets pretty much have the road paved to the NBA championship. Okay. That's what I was getting to. Sorry if it was a long-winded roundabout way of getting there. I didn't have that expectation of them winning the championship. I thought they would be there, but if they did, if they lost to the Lakers, I wouldn't have been mad at it. But now that Harden is there, it's almost like, damn, you have to win it. You okay. know what I'm saying? You gave them too much to not win. Mm-hmm. See, y'all are delusional. You are part of this, too. You are part of this. I'm going to tell y'all what y'all be doing. Y'all move the goalpost so much. What the fuck? Just listen. Just listen. Y'all move the goalpost so much that it, to me, it makes it like, I sometimes I'm just like fascinated by the things that y'all say. So let's back this up. I asked, who has the most pressure? James Harden. You said James Harden. At first, I thought James Harden had the most pressure. But then I sit back and I start thinking, why? is the best player in the world in your opinion why is he held to a different standard than anybody that we used to call the best player in the world because he's let coming me off of it hold, on, hold on hold on hold on hold on let me stop let me just let me follow me here follow me here lebron james is always held at the standard of winning the championship anything less than that he's a bum 
that's just that we'll just leave that at that. But I want to take a special case here. Kawhi Leonard, he won a championship in Toronto. After he won that championship, you didn't say it, but there's a lot of people that started calling him the best player no, in the world. No. Kawhi Leonard called himself damn near the best player in the world when he Who's went to, when he went to the Clippers. He made that commercial saying LA was his. Did all that stuff, right? He swindled Paul George, got got the Clippers to do all that shit to trade for Paul George. Did he not? Did he not say Paul swindled. George is my guy? I like, I like swindled. <laughs> he he told he told them Paul George is my guy. Go get him. He they glamoured they Paul more. George. Yes, whatever he did, he told the Clippers, "I want Paul George." Y'all, you, we know this is this is a fact. He wanted Paul George. They mortgaged their whole future to go get him. Fine. He built this whole thing around him. Y'all try to because he's just because he's quiet and doesn't say anything to the media does not mean that he wasn't moving pieces. Kawhi moved all those pieces around. Okay. Everybody said it was championship or bust for them. Everybody marked them as the championship as the champions last year. Everybody. They went and lost down 3-1. They were up 3-1 and they lost. Nobody's putting any pressure on him this year to win. There's no this is the craziest thing to me is how is it not hella pressure on Kawhi after what happened last year to win? But that's fine. The goalpost is moved for him. Let's go to what you said about Brooklyn. Yes, KD is coming off an Achilles injury. I know that. Yes. KD's averaging 29 points a game. You just said it yourself. KD is back. He's himself. So if this man is averaging 29 points a game, if he's the best player in the world, if he came to the Nets, and for all the reasons you just said, he told them, I like the culture that they have here. I like the young players that they have here. And the whole year, while he was there dealing with his Achilles injury, they moved all them pieces up out of there, got the coach up out of there, got the whole culture out of there. He kept DeAndre Jordan, because that's his guy. They got rid of Jared Allen. They did, they got, they picked, he picked his coach, who was Steve Nash. He picked his coach, Steve Nash. He came from that situation in Golden State where he felt that his rings in a, in a way weren't respected because he played, um, he just went and joined the ship on a 73 and 19. He comes to Brooklyn, he has Kyrie Irving, and now you add James Harden. KD is one of the best scorers in NBA history. James Harden, one no of the doubt. best scorers in history. No doubt. KD, I mean Kyrie Irving, one of the most clutch and most special talents that we have seen at the point guard position. When he's focused. It doesn't, when he's, when Kyrie, it's everything to do outside of basketball with Kyrie. But when he's on the court, special, special clock. You're telling me now that if they go to the semifinals and lose, that it's all right? Or even better, or even better, how is there no pressure on KD? Y'all are crazy as hell. When LeBron came off of the damn hamstring injury, the first injury he's ever had in his life, and he got AD. Y'all was saying, bro, they not making the playoffs. Da, 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 this, then, the third. And then he overachieved. And y'all said, well, that's what he's supposed to do. The goalpost moves, Chris. The, all the pressure is on KD. And I, I had to think about it. I sat back and I thought about it. James Harden is who he is. We know who James Harden is. You know who he is too, don't you? All them years over there in, in Houston, when he was trying to win and the spotlight was on him, what did he do every single year? He wilted. He faded away. So that's who he is. But that's why that's I'm saying the pressure is on him because, nope. dis- listen, check me out. The distribution of labor is different now. He doesn't have to carry that load by himself. That's the pressure the, was, oh, go ahead. That's the, ca- that's, that's the luxury of having a Kevin Durant, 
of having mm-hmm. a Kyrie Irving on your team. You don't have to shoulder all of the responsibility or the lion's share of the scoring. He can still get 50. I mean, right. He doesn't. He right. just doesn't have to get 50 every single night in order to give them a chance to win. And so You're his points. Right. His points are now, if they're clicking on all cylinders, his points are going to come in the flow of the offense, as opposed to him having to be the number one, number two, number three option on the team. Absolutely. That's why I'm saying the pressure is on him because he has less to be responsible for at this point. So gotcha. outside of just doing what you do best mm-hmm. and being made responsible for what you're made responsible for right now, mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about um, assignments or or having to get short rest or having to bully your way to the free throw line every night to slow the pace of the game or to kind of get a handle on things because you yeah. have two other dogs when they're focused that can take care of the heavy lifting and kind of share the, share the load. That's why I'm saying if they don't win it, I would put the onus on all three of them, but the first person I'm going to criticize is James Harden because you muscled your way over here, you did a protest in order to get to where you wanted to go to this destination, and now you're here and you don't deliver. And a, and a great comparison I'm saying as far as the semifinals loss is because the Clippers just did it, and nobody's sitting here talking. We're talking about Paul George because he was really chesty uh, about making the move to L.A. and how he's on everybody's ass and this and that and the third, mm-hmm. especially when he was coming off of what was a fringe MVP season uh, with OKC. Right. So the Clippers just did the same exact thing, and they're not they're not being criticized nearly as much as we would uh, we're thinking about criticizing Brooklyn at this point. Well, I'm not, and, and I understand everything that you're saying. It's not a real criticism. It's just to me, I don't understand how the second option can have the most pressure. Example, there was no way there was any pressure on Dwayne Wade in Miami any of those years. When LeBron was the, the best player in the league and he was the best guy on that team, Yo, there was no pressure. Um, no. Hold on, hold on, hold on. He already had no a pressure. ring, bro. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't it matter. It does. It doesn't matter. It does not matter. When you're that guy oh and you're saying God. that you're that guy, all the pressure's on you. When KD, went to, when KD went to Golden State, guess who all the pressure was on? KD. He was the best player on that team. Steph was the engine. They but already had the, rings, doesn't, nigga. Doesn't, doesn't matter. Does it not does matter. matter. When you that guy, the pressure is on you. The pressure is on you. So you telling me, hold on, hold on. So you telling me the pressure was on AD last year to produce and win? Or the pressure was on LeBron? The Tell pressure me, was honestly. on AD. LeBron Man, was coming crazy. back from an injury. What are you, you crazy? What are you talking about? We, 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 we can differ on that. We can differ on that. But I just, I'm under the belief that the, your, your second guy, if you're the second option, the pressure is never on you. The pressure is on the guy that y'all saying is the best in the world. The pressure is not, and we'll get into this, to this next because I believe that, I do believe that, you know, Brooklyn is going to be, I think it's championship or bust for Brooklyn. I do really believe that. But when it comes, but when it, there's no way you can put three historic players like that together and say that a championship or going to the finals, not even a championship, it is championship or bust, but they got to get to the finals. They got to get to the finals. They got to get to the finals. I will say that, but if they They don't, if they don't, if they don't, I'm really giving them, first off, I'm giving them a two year window. The same way to we got the what? Lakers to two to years. get to the finals. Yeah, for sure. Oh, in the East. Oh my God. Philly. Who's the best team in? Who's the best team in the league right now? Who's the best team in the East? Who's the best team in the league? It's, it's too early Philly. to say. It's, it's too Philly. early. No, 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 no. Let me let me ask you a better question. Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid is the MVP of the league right now. Philly's the best team mm. in the league right now. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a better question because I, I I see where you're going with this. So let's pose this. What team 
has the best chance team-wise to beat Brooklyn in a seven-game series? Nobody's beating them in a, I don't believe anybody's beating them in a seven-game series. I know, but what team is is equipped to beat them in a seven-game series? If if that if I think that they can. If you're beat, talking point, if you're talking points, you you're talking points. It would have to be Boston. If you're talking defense, or you're talking all around, it would have to be Philly. If you're talking defense, I'm looking at Miami. I don't even, and then and then Milwaukee. I don't know how they line. I don't know how they measure up against Brooklyn. I would have to see them. I would have to see them play a regular season game first to make that Mm. to make that uh, uh, make that decision. That's the team that you're sleeping on. I am. You're right. You're right. I can honestly say that I'm sleeping on Milwaukee. I don't really. I don't really know what Drew Holiday is supposed to. I I still. It still was a head scratcher to me for all of the all of the hoopla and all of the stuff that they traded away to get Drew Holiday. They should have just went and got Chris Paul. That was my opinion uh, up until this point. I mean, Chris, of course, Chris Paul makes any. He's. I love what he's doing. I think the point guard. I love Chris Paul. I love what he brings to a team. Exactly. Um, but 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 just just follow me here. So you got Brooklyn. You got that big three. Honestly, they can they can lose. They. I'm not saying that they're just head and shoulders better than everybody. I'm saying when you put them caliber or players together, there's no. Other there's it no equal a championship. Th- th- yeah, there's no way you can I can sit up here and be okay with them losing in the semifinals or even losing in the conference finals. I just can't I just can't do that. No big three actually has done that in my in, if you look. No big three in the last decade has done that. They all made it to the finals. Whether they lost or not, they, they made it in their first year or second year. But let's take out let's take let's take it here. I believe that Milwaukee has the tools to take Brooklyn out of their game and this is and and the reason why I'm saying that is because of Drew Holiday Drew Holiday is the best perimeter defender we have in this NBA Mm. you can in a seven game series put him on you can switch him up and he can go get Kyrie for a few minutes or he can go get James Harden for a few minutes right but they also have in their own right and, and respectively they have their own big three when you have Chris Middleton you have Giannis and you have Drew Holiday. Chris Middleton, we've been waiting for him to show and prove, but he's in a situation this year where there's a little bit more pressure off of him on the perimeter so he can be more of a scoring threat. Now, defensively, Milwaukee can take Brooklyn a little bit out of what they probably want to do. This is just first glance. This is me just thinking about the rosters, right? They can defensively take them out of what they want to do. I believe that Boston poses the biggest threat because they're young. They get after it on defense. They're they, they absolutely, yeah, they absolutely get after it on defense. And Tatum is a bucket, and the emergence of Jalen Brown is, is has been great to see this year. Emergence. He's right? better than Jason Tatum. Wow, y'all be I, I seen that take too. We we gotta stop. It's not that. a take, it's a fact. It's not you can't he's 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 been playing well this year. Jason Tatum been playing well since he got in the league. Like it, we can't do that. Let let's let's keep watching, but I like how he I like how he's improved his game this year. He's actually one of the people who is up for most improved player in the league. So, um early this year, early. It's early. But I believe that Boston poses a real threat to them. Now, Philly, there's no reason why Philly can't like can't go ahead and go in there and dominate. It just depends on what Joel and Bede we're going to get. 
I believe that when Joel Embiid is engaged and he's in the post and he's doing his thing, there's no better big man. You can say Jokic all you want, but I'm taking Joel Embiid. Nah, like, it's, I just believe. Nah, it's JoJo. It's JoJo, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm definitely taking Trust Embiid. Trust the process. So, yes, I am with you is that, like, if they got knocked off, would I be surprised? No. But there's no way that I'm going to say that it's not going to be disappointing. There's no way that I can say that that would, it's a failed, it's a failed attempt. You don't mortgage your future away for James Harden. Seeing what James Harden has been doing the last five, six years, and you add him to KD, and you add Kyrie to that mix, and you tell me that they don't, they don't need to get to a finals in the first year. Man, they better be there. They better be there playing the Lakers when I look up in June. That's all, that's all I'm going to say about that. Now, uh, I think we've unraveled, I think, pretty much everything about that situation. Uh, well, no, nah, because 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 sources are saying that Kyrie is still very much unhappy with the Nets situation, even with the Harden trade. So He's interesting. He's interesting, Chris. We don't know when he's coming back. He wasn't at the game last night. Uh, mm-hmm. We don't know how he's received this news with Harden coming in. Um, but sources are saying that he's still unhappy with with the structure and how things are going. So, so with Kyrie, with Kyrie, <laughs> everything. Okay, one, I respect his mind. I respect what he stands for. I respect the things that he does um, outside of the game of basketball. Playing why he's when he plays, like I said before. He's one of the most special talents with the basketball that I've ever seen. I think he's the best handler of a basketball I've seen. Right. Um, his finishes at the rim, amazing. He is, to me, a better shooter than James Harden. That's just my opinion. Uh, what? What? Yeah, yeah, he can shoot better than what? James Harden. He's, I think the numbers might say What's that. What's wrong with you today, dog? Nah. What's up with you, bro? That's not calling James Harden a bad shooter. I think that Kyrie Irving is a better shooter than James Harden. James Harden is you know a better scorer. You're not going to kill score. you for this this week, right? You, you nah, might, you might nah. lose your strike this if, week. Nah, if, you know bas- if you know basketball, you know what I'm talking about. James Harden can score the basketball. He's a, the better scorer. Like, he can get, he can score in many different ways. Kyrie shooting the basketball, when he get hot, Kyrie can shoot. He 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 can give you the mid-range. He can get, he can shoot from three. I, just be- I believe that he's a little bit of a better shooter. I'm not saying by much. I think, just believe he's a better shooter. Now, I know I'm not, you don't mix your personal with, you know, your business and all of that, but Kyrie's doing that even though he's trying not to. What you he's mean? He's trying to, like, so, bro, if your obligation when you signed that contract was to be available for your team and you're healthy, then your obligation is to play basketball, right? To play, to, to get your check. Now, if you have personal reasons as to why you can't play, fine. I hope that you take care of that. I hope that his mental is right. I hope that everything with the family is good. But when you're not letting people know what's going on and you just kind of just chilling, like, and it's kind of coming off like, y'all got it. I'm going to just chill. I'll see y'all when I see y'all. And you have a history of doing this. Like last year, he had a shoulder injury and he had a bruised shoulder. And they said he was going to miss a couple games. And it turned out to be seven weeks. And he didn't say a word. I mean, you do that. He did what he did in Boston. He had an injury. Didn't hear from him. Didn't show up. Like when you start having a pattern of doing this, it starts. People start to question. Like, I mean, you start to question. Do you really want to play basketball? Do you really? Are you really like in love with the game? 
I, I would hate to say that because I feel like Kyrie is one of the best basketball minds. Like, I think that he is a student of the game. I think that he loves the game. But it's everything outside of basketball with Kyrie that's affecting how people look at him on the court when it shouldn't be that way. And so you mix that with now you got James Harden coming in and it's obvious, even though I said all those things about him, it's obvious that he's the third option on this team. It's just obvious he's going to be the third option. How does he take that? And if and if he does not take that well, what happens to that dynamic, right? Because somebody has to sacrifice. Somebody's going to be averaging 20 points a game. I think it's going to be Kyrie. How can he sit with averaging 20 points a game and possibly not being an all-star in the East, right? How, do, how does he deal with that? Does Brooklyn take a look at it and say, all right, well, Kyrie, if you're not happy, we may have to look at different options for you? Like, how do they, how do that, how does that move going forward? Because James Harden is going to be there for two more years. That's a fact. KD is locked in. So at this point, you know, I think that Kyrie is the big, is the big question mark here, man. I, I, I see him coming back, but I, how he handles being the third option will determine their success. Man, you about to lose your strikes for this one, bro. Uh, I don't know what's going on with you today, dog. What's up? Speak on how you feel. Nah. <laughs> you just about to lose your stripes, playboy. How can I lose my stripes? So you how think they? You, so you? So you think they going to the finals with this big three right here? There's no reason why they shouldn't go to Do the finals. Do you think they going? Yes. Do yes, you they're think going they're to the finals. Win it? They're not beating LeBron in the finals. And when LeBron beats them, I don't want to hear anything else about, yo, he can't do this, that. I don't want to hear any of that. I, I was getting to that point, but you just fast forwarded there. They're going to go to the finals. They're going to meet the Lakers in the finals. And when the Lakers beat them in six games, I don't want to hear that LeBron nonsense anymore, bro. How many big threes y'all going to throw? How many big threes y'all going to throw at him? You just talk about Parker, Duncan, Ginobili beat him. Keep bringing them. Bring all these big threes that keep getting formed against bro, and he keeps beating them. I don't want to hear nothing after this one because this is by far, if you're looking at the numbers and you're looking at the skill set, this is probably top three big threes. I don't know how it's going to work, though. You got to wait to see them get on the floor. But I don't understand. How do you How do you not think that? So do you think they're going to the finals? Let me ask you that. Do you think they're going to the finals? On paper, they should. You're right. Are they going to the finals, Chris? Don't ask me that question and then try to cop a plea. Are they going to the finals? I would say yes. I would say yes, they're going to the finals. They don't look like it right now, but... I think that they're gonna get it. They're gonna get it going. Kevin Durant's gonna continue to have an MVP type season. But Joel Embiid is the man right now. I don't know if y'all been checking them out. Y'all need to watch some of these Philly games. And again, mm-hmm. like I said, I started a conversation with him. Uh, I'm about to say Bill Simmons. Ben Simmons was ecstatic at the fact that he wasn't traded because he feels like Philly's really got something special going on right now. And I think that is gonna rejuvenate his effort uh, in terms of making things happen. I wouldn't be surprised if Joel. Uh, was top two for the MVP candidate award at the end of the year. And I wouldn't be surprised if Ben Simmons was up for defensive player. Mm. Let's talk about these uh, these new COVID protocols. I know you got the beat on what's going on. We've been having some games postponed. We've been having some players uh, enter protocols as early as last night. Um, and it's been causing teams, you know, schedules. And it's been, it, it may get to the point where they have to start forfeiting games because outside of making it up during the all-star break 
there's no real sense or timetable as to when these games are going to be made up. So uh, tell the folks a little bit about what's going on with the protocol, B. So, yeah, uh, NBA have been, like you said, they've been postponing games. I know Boston Celtics have postponed. I think now they're, like, on their third game. You know, the Pelicans have to uh, postpone a game the other night. Uh, you know, it's not all because of them catching COVID. It's just that they've been in contact yeah, maybe yeah, with somebody who's had COVID. Right. Yeah, contact tracing. So that's why um, they've canceled these games because you have to have eight players in order to play a game. And uh, some of these teams, I mean, the other night, I think uh, Miami played Philly. And I think Miami's whole starting five is out, you know? Um, and so the NBA had to take a look at it and they put new COVID protocols in place that they want to enforce for the next two weeks to just see at least for the next two weeks to see what's going on. Um, some of these protocols include having on a mask at all times when you're not in the game. Uh, also, like not dapping up after a free throw, not uh, hugging or shaking up after the game. Um, and then the main one that a lot of people have a, um, are kind of pushing back on is if you're uh, a non-team guest, then you cannot have you cannot have any contact with the players. So meaning that um, some family and friends cannot visit these players on the road or um, even when these guys are, are at home. You know, so uh, these guys. You've heard some pushback. You've heard some pushback from players. Uh, George Hill notably said, "I'm not living in the blocks. I'm going to do what I want to do." Um, I don't know how that's going to work out for him, but. <laughs> um, um, if you plan, you really can't do what you want to do. But, you know, we'll see how this shakes out. At the end of the day, safety is number one for these players. Um, I think safety is in, is in order for everybody. So hopefully players are just not out here thinking because they play in the NBA that they could just be out here amidst this COVID stuff, just doing whatever they want to do. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know, Chris. You think they're going to be able to finish the season? They'll be able to finish the season. You know, from firsthand experience, somebody that has to kind of – live with COVID protocols affecting, you know, your dollar at the end of the day. You either you either are gonna adhere to the protocols or you're not getting paid. That's that's right. just the the meat and potatoes of the situation. Exactly. I don't like it uh any more than or any less than the next person. But in order for me to make my money to feed my feed my family and take care of myself, I gotta, you know, I gotta follow the rules. I gotta wear a mask at all times. I test for COVID two, three, sometimes four times a week. Um, right in order to get access into these arenas and, and be available to do my job on a daily basis and then to come back and do the pod. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? So the minute that that is, I guess, jeopardized or put into, uh, put into peril because I make a reckless mistake or I make a, an error in judgment, staying somewhere too long or being around a group of folks where even though you have a chemistry with them, it's still a health concern. So you may get off into a barbershop or you may get off into... Uh, eating outdoors with a group of friends and you take your mask off and you leave it off a little longer than you should. Right. Um, and then the next thing you know, whether you're asymptomatic or whether you're going through it, you're, continu you're continuing to perpetuate the numbers in this country. The United States has been doing a piss poor job of keeping a handle on these numbers, which is a contrast difference because the NBA, when they did the bubble, they were the patriarchs. They were the leaders in the sports industry in regards to how COVID bubbles and how these types of situations should be handled. So the idea that they would have these numbers and then not really know how to handle them 
it's kind of astonishing to me but these players doing so much pushback it just it gives me the the notion that there's a certain covid fatigue if you will people are tired of yeah. following the rules yeah they want to exactly get back it to it that's exactly what this is like man i'm tired of this shit mm -hmm. masks are uncomfortable the testing is annoying I don't want to be continuing to live my life on a hamster wheel. I want to right. be able to live my life the way I want to live it. And Thanks. so I don't blame George Hill, but these are the these are the cards you were dealt. You're in the NBA. You want to continue. You like them checks, nigga. <laughs> you, li you like <laughs> that, being I, able to pull I, up to I, the yeah. arena and and, and and hope for a living and live in yeah. your nice house and drive your fancy cars and all of that. Yeah, stick yeah, this Q-tip in your nose and shut the fuck up, bro. Yeah, I, I didn't understand that. I didn't understand the comment because I was just like, all right, I mean, it's people every day who we have to do this every day, bro. Like, There's some folks out here got, that's living on the street. We, you feel yeah, me? We, we that would, that would trade the situation with you in a heartbeat. They would love to get get that cotton swab every two, three days, making the money that you making. So right. I don't want to hear, I want to be able to live my life. Bro, it's a lot of things you that this country wants it. to live. You are living your life. You living the American dream. Well, that's the life that we live in right now. I think that's more important. This is the life that we live in right now. I don't think anybody asked to, like, I didn't ask to be, to sit in this crib and, you know what I'm saying, only go out when I need essential stuff. Like, I didn't ask for that. But this is what, you know, the CDC, this is what, you know, they're telling us, health professionals are telling us we need to do to prevent this, you know, from spreading. Granted, you playing a game that you love. I, I would hope so, right? You playing a game that you love and you're getting paid handsomely to do so. It's not one of those things where you just shut up and do it, but it's also another thing when you coming out and like, no, nah, I want to be able to do what I want to do. I'm going to do like, we, we can't do that. Nobody can do that right now, bro. Yeah, man. I think yeah. I think George Hill needs to drink a tall glass and shut the fuck up, Juice. Yeah, and, nobody uh, can do that. And and he'll be just fine. He was one of the advocates. I don't know. I think he has NBA fatigue. It's a lot of that. He was talking about he was one of the first ones to speak up and say he didn't want to play uh during the bubble, which I didn't blame him for at the time because, yeah. you know, obviously it was for it was for a good reason, but he's just yeah. continuously saying certain things and being the spokesperson for being an anti-establishment like i don't want to do this i don't want to be around this i don't want to go through these protocols anymore. all there's right a cool. thing. Go there's home, a thing with that there's a thing with that by the way too so not with george hill but just some of the players that are coming out and speaking on that um have you heard anybody from the los angeles Lakers say that no I i'm just asking have you have, have you heard anybody from the philadelphia 76 say that i have not have you heard anybody from milwaukee bucks say that no except all for right. except for him and what, he, who he's does not George Hill play for? Anymore. Who does he play for? I just want to know if he, he cause yeah. It's so you're making my point by not answering the question. <laughs> <laughs> George Hill plays for the uh, for the OKC Thunder. You making my point. Like it's not a it's not even a he plays for the Thunder. I can understand why you want to do what you want to do, bro. If I was in Oklahoma and I was winning, I'm gonna win 20 games this year, then yeah, I probably would want to do what I want to do. So with that being said, man, that's the new COVID protocols and uh, hopefully we're able to see a full season, but more importantly, we want everybody to have their health. So, in the meantime, stay, stay in the safe. house, goofy. We stay tired safe. of seeing games postponed. We tired of seeing eight players on the floor because y'all don't know how to stay in the house. Clown. Yeah, hopefully they get it together, man. Let's shift over to the NFL and super yeah. wild card weekend. <laughs> Super Wasn't indeed. nothing super about that shit. I was out in Nashville, cold as hell, cold as a motherfucker out there watching that trash-ass game. Derrick Henry didn't do shit. Lamar Jackson, 
Oh. Mike Vick 2.0. Yeah. I was dead wrong in my pick. I, I already was dead know wrong, to. brother. I was dead wrong. I said they was going to molly wild them. I said they was going to beat mm-hmm. their ass. Baltimore Ravens came into Nashville, into the Titans' house, and beat the shit out of them in front of their home fans. I don't think there's been a, a Titans playoff game in a few years. Uh, they they played last year. Um, they played last year. They're home. They beat they beat well no they beat the Ravens last year in, um, in Baltimore. Revenge. Uh, they beat, yeah, they beat the They beat them last year, but I mean you got to give it up to Lamar, man. Uh, Lamar Jackson, what a what a performance. You know a lot of a lot of cards were stacked against him. You weren't the only one saying it was gonna get whooped. A lot of people doubted him. They didn't know if he was gonna be able to you know perform. He only went out and went 17 for 24 with 170 179 yards. Um, let's add 16 rushing attempts for 136 yards and a touchdown. Uh, that he was impressive, man. I don't know, like he's like you said, big 2.0. That man is fast as fuck. Bro. Meanwhile, like, Derrick Henry gave you 18 carries for 40 measly ass yards. Well, let me tell you, the Ravens' defense was sitting on that. They would not. They didn't go. They didn't go for none of that. Like I told. Well, you knew they were going to sit in the box. You knew they was going to make Derrick Henry. They, you knew they were going to make Ryan Tannehill beat them. Beat them with his arm. And that's something that he just couldn't do. You know, he went 18 for 26, 165 yards with a touchdown and an interception. Um, when Derrick Henry is only rushing for 40 yards, that's not going to get it done. Um, and so, you know, both teams were 11 and 5. I told you this was a, a, a toss-up, but I thought Lamar was going to get it done. He ends up doing that. And you know they move on they move on and i'm excited i think that anybody i don't think that no team wants to see the ravens right now i think they're extremely dangerous lamar has got that weight off his back he's gonna play free now i mean that was the only thing that was killing him was that he couldn't you know he couldn't get that done and so they got the bills this week on saturday buffalo bills buffalo bills Go over the Indianapolis Colts 27 to 24 in a close game. Josh Allen finished the game 26 35, over 300 yards passing and two touchdowns. He also led the team in rushing with 11 carries for 54 yards and a touchdown. Story of the day Stephon Diggs, his first time playing in front of Bills Mafia, went, decided he was going to go galactic. Six catches, six catches, six catches 128 yards booming and a touchdown he went to work he went to work bills um i told bills look like the best team they look like the best team uh when i say that they just over the last month they just look like they're primed and ready to make a championship run we'll get into the matchup in a little bit but yeah they look good Tip of the cap to Phillip Rivers. We probably seen his last game as an NFL quarterback. He went 27 for 46, 309 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, 21 21 carries for 78 yards and a touchdown uh, for the Colts. Yes, sir. Uh, Phillip Rivers, man. Uh, salute. One of my favorite quarterbacks my to favorites. watch. Trash talking extraordinary. Yeah, that, just for his trash talking. And he does all that trash talking without cussing either, which is hilarious, <laughs> by the way, because I'm like, man, he never cusses, you know what I'm saying? But he still can talk trash with the best of them. So uh, salute to Philip Rivers. I think that it that probably will be his last game, but a uh, hell of a career, man. Um, sad he couldn't get it done. Real quick, Saints defeat the Bears, as we all knew they would, 21-9. They move on to the divisional <laughs> round. 
to take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who defeated the Washington football team 31 to 23. And to round out the NFC matchups, the Rams, middle of the row, LA Rams, they upset the Seattle Seahawks 30 to 20 after starting the game with Wofford at quarterback. He goes down and Jared Goff comes in. An injured Jared Goff comes in and lays a smackdown, defeating yeah. the Seattle Seahawks, and they move on. Impressive win by the Rams. Uh, divisional matchup, I thought it would be a closer game than that, but um, impressive win by them. I'm going to back up really quick. We still got one I more game to talk about. I, I just wanted to get yeah. the NFC out of the way. Yeah, I, absolutely. But you mentioned the Bears, and it's hurting me. because. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned you mentioned they got whooped by the Saints, Briefly. and you know, um, shout out to the Bears defense because with Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, and all of those weapons they had there, they only gave up twenty one points and seven. And honestly, I I don't see how they only gave up twenty one. Yeah. The Bears scored three points. Salute you mean to Danny tell me? T, salute, uh, Hakeem Hicks. Khalil Mack was playing hurt all season. Shout yeah. out! Shout out to. Um, Roquan Smith for taking that next step. Eddie Jackson, man, you got to step it up. Otherwise, next year you're going to be up out of here, bro. I mean, I'm just going to get a defense. I'm not going to give them any flack. I think they, they did an amazing job in that playoff game. <laughs> the offense. Mm. Mm. You know what? Mm. There was one play. I just want to get on this play. The Bears, out of nowhere, in the middle of this game, run a trick play. That was beautiful. That they've been setting oh up God. for months. What a beautiful They've been trick setting play up for had. about six weeks now, a month and a half trying to set that play up. What a what a beautiful trick play. They had uh Trubisky line up as a receiver. They direct snap it to Montgomery. Montgomery pitches it to Trubisky. Trubisky launches it. Javon Wims, who just made an impressive catch on the sideline, the play before that is wide, wide, wide open. Clown. And he just whiffed the catch. Literally, the ball went straight through his hands. When that happened, when that happened, Chris, I'm not going to lie. When that happened, I knew the game was over. Because <laughs> you got to understand, the Bears offense, we, we've been putting up points, but it's the playoffs, right? And I'm watching how conservative they are with the game plan. I'm just seeing what they're doing. They're not taking chances. They're not playing to win. They're not, they weren't playing to win. And so that you take, you got to take advantage of your opportunities. And they did not. And then on top of that, they were undisciplined. So undisciplined. So many dumb penalties. Fourth and one giving up penalties, jumping off sides to give them a new fresh set of downs. You can't do that with the Saints. Um, and through all of this, the most amazing part is that Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace are coming Matt back. Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace are coming back. What the fuck? I don't got nothing else to say. I don't got nothing else to say, bro. That's what it. the fuck? That's that, that's that on that, bro. That's that on that. You are not an offensive guru, my guy. You are not an offensive guru. When it's fourth and seven or fourth and nine with seven minutes to go in the fourth quarter and we're down by 13 points, you got to go for it. Why are you kicking the ball away? You're not an offensive guru, man. They playing too scary for me. I'm I'm not with it until I, I don't even know. I don't I don't know what to say, bro. I'm really just keeping it PG, but nah, bro. Nah. And to round out Super Wildcard Weekend, the Cleveland Browns defeat the Pittsburgh Steelers to move on 
48 to 37. It's 48 to 37, but tell them what tell them what happened. You can tell them what I don't know if you want to tell them. So what. they scored their first touchdown on a fumble, right? The second snap of the game. <laughs> the second snap of the game. <laughs> they snap uh, Pittsburgh snapped the ball over Ben Roethlisberger's hand. They got two players there. I thought they were gonna pick it up. They just didn't pick it up, and Cleveland went in and scored 7-0. Um, look up in its first quarter a little bit later, and it's not 7-0 anymore. It's 28-0. 28, Baker, Makefield, going galactic. It wasn't even him to me, in my opinion. I don't need. He was getting set up. Yeah, they, Big Ben kept throwing interceptions, and he had a. He had all he had to do was drive ten to fifteen yards, and it was actually Nick Chubb and Kareem uh, Hunt. Kareem Hunt just running all over them all night, all night. They did whatever they wanted to do. Um, all I'm gonna say is Corvette, Corvette, my man, my man, my man, Juju. You brought this on yourself. You said the Browns are just the Browns. Y'all disrespected them. I never known the Steelers to be a team that just talked. The Steelers are known for going out and handling their business. Blue collar, hard nosed football. The Steelers have now turned into this prima donna team with people who talk trash. And Juju, you're not even top ten receiver in the league. Well, don't do Juju. Don't receiver. do Juju he's like not. that. Is he, he a top 13. ten receiver in the league? He. He's top 10. He a, he's top 10. It, he's top 10. Juju's bro. top 10. Thir- look, okay. just for okay. context, Juju had, thir- Juju had 13 catches, 157 yards. Garbage stats. Doesn't Garbage matter. time Doesn't stats. Matter. When you up 28 to 0, you don't have nothing to do but throw the ball. How many times did Ben Roethlisberger throw the ball? Uh, 40, he, was, he, he threw it 68 times. 68. <laughs> 68. 68. Bro, he threw it. That's sick. He threw the ball 68 times in the playoff Four game. Four picks, though. That, yeah, I know. That's how you know how how down they were. So don't give me this juju thirteen receptions. Da 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 da. Bro, you're not top ten at your position. So stop dancing on people's field. Stop talking shit. Stop doing all that TikTok. And bro, just play the game. Just play the game because you gave Cleveland that fuel they needed, bro. And they went out and they blasted Pittsburgh, dog. And so I want to ask you, where do they go from here? Um, Who are you talking about, Cleveland? No, 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 no. We gonna get into Cleveland later, um, into the and uh, where they go next week because I got something to say about that. But um, as far as Big Ben, is this is this it? I think it's it for Big Ben, but I also think it's, this is it for Mike Tomlin. If I were the Ruin family, I would fire Mike Tomlin tonight. Ooh. I would have fired him right after the game. Let me ask you a question, bro. Ooh. Let me ask you a question, and this is the conversation Ooh. I've been fiending to have with you. How many black coaches are there in the NFL right now? Off the top Don't worry, of my I got head. you. No, I, I got you. Say, one, two. one. The answer is one. They got rid of Brian Flores in Miami because he there. Love dude. The answer is one. Mike Tomlin. The only reason Romeo Cornell is the coach of the Texans right now is because they got rid of Bill O'Brien earlier in the year. Hold on, Brian Flores is not in Miami. Oh, Brian Flores is in Miami. Yeah, 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 yeah. Give him some. I mean, I'm, I'm not. I'm saying African American coaches. I'm not saying. I'm not. He is African American. Brian Flores is Flores. Yes, bro. You Flores. look at his name. Go look at his picture. He's black, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you a wild boy, dog. You you a wild okay. boy. Okay, two. He black. Two, two. African American coaches, right? Yep. Any other African American coaches start their season eleven and zero, and then end up losing in the first round of the playoffs that you can think of that you can remember in recent history? Uh, I'm gonna say no, but the only reason why he's gonna keep his job is because of his consistency. And what consistency? And what consistency? What consistency? What championship? The, 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 who, Mike Tomlin? Mike Tomlin has one championship, and that was 11 years ago. 
Yeah, but Mike Tomlin is always in the playoffs. Let, tell me the last time they, they uh, other than last year. I'm sorry. Doug Peterson just won a Super Bowl in the past three years, and he lost his job over the weekend. Oh yeah, that's a different story. Is it? But we talk. Yeah, is that's it? a different story. I don't that's think. I don't think it is. I don't. I don't think. I don't think that Doug Peterson should have lost his job though. And that. And so that. So that. So exactly. You're saying, but you. But you said. But you. But you're saying you would fire Mike Tomlin. I would fire Mike Tomlin Why? today. Why? Because. For what it's worth, for the opportunity for the players that he's had, there's something in Pittsburgh, and I think it has to do more so with anything with just needing a new voice or a new uh, a new messenger. They lost Le'Veon Bell. He sat out an entire season over contract dispute. And if you're a player's coach, you say, we need Le'Veon Bell here. I need him in camp. Do what you got to do to get him in camp. They lost That's Antonio. not his business. That's not his is business. It, is his it, business is, is to it, coach the team. Bro, you know he's the not. He's not. Stop he's it. not Bill O'Brien in Texas it. making. You making know GM the media. Moves? You no, know how the media no. works. You know how the media works. The only reason that Eric Bieniemy is getting so much hype is because he's getting boosted up by the media. Mind you, Kansas City is clicking. They're doing their thing, and Eric Bieniemy is a big part of that. But he gets his praises sung in the media. And when people lose their jobs, it's because they're critiqued not only by the play, but if somebody's blasting them in the media. You know how this works. Bro, Mike Tomlin has been on borrowed time in Pittsburgh for the longest. They constantly are in the playoffs, right? They're constantly winning the AFC North, and yet and still, they never win the Super Bowl. They haven't even been to the Super Bowl since 2010 when they lost to the Packers. You you know why? I'm going to tell you why. Because of Tom Brady? Mm, That's partly the reason, but that's not the reason why. It's because every year after the season... A particular person does not work out, skips OTAs, and shows up to camp looking 10 to 15 pounds heavier than when they left. Whose program are they under? Whose voice are they under? Wait, 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 wait. One person, and I say the whole team, the the Steelers went 11-0 and this year because of their defense. Not because of what they were doing on offense. They had no running game. It doesn't matter why and, they and, went 11-0. And, 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 they went 11-0, and bro. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. What you are trying to do is what the media has been doing. And what they're doing is you're going to place the blame on Mike Tomlin. But Ben Roethlisberger has been free from blame for the I past play, I, no, six no, 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 no. to I seven the years, blame, I placed the blame on both of them. Ben Roethlisberger has not been... He's been a shell of himself for the past four or even five years. Do you remember when he went against Blake Bortles? And did you see what he did? You remember how many picks did he throw? He threw Tell four. Me how many picks. He threw four in this, Egg, in he this threw game. Four, he threw four in this game, and he threw four against the Jaguars when they should have beat the Jaguars. Ain't nothing Mike Tomlin can do for a Super Bowl winning quarterback. Multiple Super. Multiple. Yes, there is. No, 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 yes, no, no. There no. is. You can play no. another quarterback. You can no, draft another quarterback. That's yeah, what you they, can do. They did. They draft Mason Rudolph. It didn't work. It's not working out. It didn't work out the way that they wanted it to work out with Mason Rudolph. But Big Ben feels entitled. He has an entitlement to that franchise. He can do whatever he wants. And the franchise, not the coach, the franchise will not hold him accountable. So he shows up when he wants to show up. He plays football how he wants to play, which is this backyard style type of football when he when he's back there calling the plays because he has the right to. He's earned that right. And who gives him and the right to do that? The organization. Stop, stop, stop. Mike bro, Tomlin needs to Mike be Tomlin fired. Mike Tomlin has been a, Mike bro, Tomlin man. needs to be out of there. Y'all need to stop giving a pass to Brad Stevens, to Quinn Snyder, to people like Mike Tomlin, all of these long-standing coaches. This is the identity of this team. No, bro. 
The Rooney family is built on championships. Pittsburgh is a perennial Super Bowl contender. The Steelers and they're always have not in been, the, and they're always in a running to win it. How do you start the season eleven and zero and then finish in the first round to the team that hasn't been to the playoffs or had a playoff win in almost twenty years, bro? Because the Browns are not trash. I don't know why y'all keep saying. I don't know what what rock you've been laying under. The rock, the, the Browns are not weak. You're proving my point. It's not about name brands. If 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 titles and w- if wins were decided on name brands, the Browns would never be in the conversation, and the Steelers would always be in the conversation. But that's why they play the games. And the exactly. Steelers got their ass beat. Mm-hmm. And they've been getting their ass beat like a drum for the past few weeks. So what exactly. I'm saying is exposed. you've lost if I, I feel like if no if you've lost the locker room in regards to them staying on schedule, staying uh, staying focused, and then you lose in the first round when you start eleven and 0, bro. I don't you're think that's losing out a locker room. I don't think you're that's losing a locker room. Out of here. I just think that they got exposed for who they were. How they got do you exposed. Get exposed for who you were when you start they didn't 11 have an and oh, eleven their, and oh, because their defense was out there murking people. Their defense was getting them through them games, and Big Ben was doing just enough with Chase Claypool and Juju doing just enough to win those games. Then the offense started looking terrible, and they started losing those games. Was defense was still was doing- calling the plays. Bro, it's not. It has nothing to do with Tomlin. You like Tomlin's Mike Tomlin? Tomlin you like Mike Tomlin because That's Mike Tomlin has been nothing but a staple of excellence for an organization for over ten years. So? Ever since he's got there, he's been a model of excellence How for that so? team. They've always been to the playoffs except for last year when he didn't have Big Ben, so? and they almost made the playoffs with Mason Rudolph being a quarterback. You cannot. You you cannot. Everybody's not. Everybody's not Bill Belichick, bro. Everybody's not Bill Belichick. And also, for what it's worth, if we're going off of this, then I mean. The Green Bay Packers, they're about championships. Aaron Rodgers has won. So what are we saying about the people that surround Aaron Rodgers? Is the organization bad? No. You, it's Aaron Rodgers has MVPs. He has multiple time and Pro has Bowl one receivers. Ring. And gets to the playoffs. Brett Favre has third. one ring. You said, they, you're telling me he's not top 50 quarterbacks all time? How I'm many MVPs saying. does Ben Roethlisberger have? It, ben Roethlisberger has more rings than Aaron Rodgers. Who's a better quarterback, Aaron Rodgers or, or Ben Roethlisberger? Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Okay. That's what I'm so, so that's what you proving my point. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers. That's what I'm saying. For Aaron Rodgers to be as good as he is, you gonna blame everybody else around him for not winning a championship? No. Sometimes he plays bad. When they went, they were 13 and three last year. They went to San Francisco and he couldn't get it going. And he was throwing picks and they lost to the 49ers with Jimmy Garoppolo being a quarterback who didn't really do too much. They lost that game and they shouldn't have lost. They're 13 and three this year. Um, this year, and what are you gonna say to if they go out this weekend and lose? That it's the coach's fault? Man, hell no, no. Ben Roethlisberger, come 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 to camp in shape, or you're not playing on. You're not playing next year. I think or just let done. us know. I think that's done. how I feel. I think, should Steelers, be I think the Steelers need to draft a quarterback, or they need to look Absolutely. at the free agency. Maybe look for Matthew Stafford. The same way I'm looking at the Bears, and we'll get off into the quarterback situation in a minute. But mm-hmm. I think that they need to try to take a look at Matthew Stafford's situation. I think they need to look at Carson Wentz's situation. I even think they need to look at Tua's situation and see. Um, because there's rumors about him not really being the guy in Miami. And if Miami wants to make a play for Trevor Lawrence in the third pick uh, right. for Tua. But I'm, right. I'm, I'm, o- I'm, o- I'm over it, bro. I'm over it. I'm over yeah. it. Y'all were in a soft division. The only the only other horse in that race was was Baltimore, and they were without Lamar Jackson for a couple of weeks. You all started 11 and 0. There's no excuse. There's you no disrespecting reason. the Browns, but it's cool. 
Um, you might see something this weekend. I'm sorry, I meant I meant the Browns, not the Ravens. I meant the Browns. Yeah. Oh, you but just expecting the Browns, but you might see something this weekend that might change your mind about them. About the Browns? Opinion. Yeah. No, I I said earlier, Nick Chubb should have been an MVP candidate. I like what the Browns are doing. What I'm saying is, despite what the Browns did, and despite the fact that the Ravens have been consistent and had an MVP last year, the Steelers started 11, 11, and oh. Hey, remember that, that? I don't know if you remember that Colts team that started off like 13 and 0 or something like that. Jim Caldwell was the coach, and Peyton Manning was there. I think it was 13 and 0, and it was coming down to what should they have like rested their starters and all of that. And they ended up not going perfect. They ended up losing, and I think they ended up losing in the playoffs too. They ended up losing in the playoffs. It happens, bro. I mean, the, the Patriots with Tom Brady and Randy Moss should have went perfect. They looked unstoppable. They lost. It happens. I think it's more so how they lost. Because if they would have lost a, a nail biter and it was a three point game, we would be sitting up. We, I don't think you would be sitting up here saying fire Mike Tomlin. But it was the fashion in which they went out, which all of that happened. They got down 28 0 because Big Ben kept throwing picks in his own side of the field. Like, I was, he just kept throwing picks. We got to call it for what it is. You could call the plays, but if this dude sits back there in the pocket and keeps throwing it to the other team to the point where it's 28 0 before you can even get started, you're not winning that game. Come on. That's how I look at it. Now, let's switch from them i don't know are we done talking about um all the yeah, playoff games yeah. mike tomlin needs to get fired i'm out <laughs> we're talking about we're talking about this weekend's action coming up though yeah man um so the games what, we, what games we got on top we could just run through i don't know i'm just gonna run through all of the games that's you know gonna happen uh this weekend and then i just want to have a couple questions surrounding it saturday's so, doubleheader kicks off with the rams headed up to green bay to take on the packers uh, followed by the Ravens traveling out to uh, Buffalo to take on the Bills. Right. So Rams, so Rams, Packers first. Rams, Packers, uh, Ravens, Bills. So, and then I'm going to run down the Sunday games real quick. Browns, the Chiefs on Sunday. Um, that's the first game. And then the second game will be the Buccaneers, Saints. So, out of all these games, and you can, just, you can go through each of them if you want to, but which quarterback because we got a lot of quarterbacks here a lot of nice quarterbacks which one is under the most pressure um, to win to win Aaron Rodgers to win I'm glad see we finally agree on something we finally agree on something what um, I definitely think that uh, Aaron Rodgers has the most pressure out of all the quarterbacks this weekend um, and he doesn't get a he, he didn't get a lucky draw because he's going against a Rams defense that is they look the like best all world. Yeah, bro. They look like they can basically go ahead and shut people out all the way up until um the Super Bowl. I think they, that defense is a Super Bowl. It is a Super Bowl winning defense. Um in the playoffs, you need your defense to play like this. You got Aaron Donald on the front line. Um Jalen Ramsey versus Devontae Adams. That's going to be a matchup, boy. I'm telling you, that's going to be a matchup to see. Jalen Ramsey has been shutting down every wide receiver lately, too, by the way. Um, quietly. Quietly shutting down wide receivers. Um, so that's going to be a matchup to look at. I think the, uh, Devontae Adams has the size on him. And Aaron Rodgers is definitely going to test, test him. So we'll see what happens there. But Aaron Rodgers has a lot of pressure on himself right now. After how they went out last year being 13-3, 
Um, coming back this year, going 13 and three, uh, looking like the MVP, one championship ring. This is this is this is his time. This is his time. If he's gonna win it, this is it's now. It's now. So uh, we'll see what happens there. I think that the second person with something that has the most pressure, the second quarterback with the most pressure, it might surprise you, bro. Tom Brady. Nah. Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes. This is a weird one, though. That's what the reason why I'm saying he has the pressure on him to win this game is because the Chiefs going into the end of the season haven't looked like they can't be beat. If yeah, that they've makes been sense. in a lot of close games, a lot more yeah. than what you would want. Out of yeah, them. they don't look like they don't look invincible. And now you're going against a Browns team that has everything on their side, including momentum. And you know that's big going into the playoffs. How crazy is this that the Browns are doing this without Odin? Without Odin? Uh, I think we kind of talked about I think we talked about it a few weeks ago, but I was saying that it kind of allowed the offense to play more free and not to feel like they have to get from the ball. You know? So everybody's eating now. And I'm going to give Baker Mayfield his credit. He looks good. He looks good. He's accurate. He's very accurate with the ball. He's hitting all his targets, and he's making the right read. So I got to give him credit where credit is due. Um, they look good. It's crazy that they're doing this without Odell, but um, I'm not surprised. But the Browns, I'm telling you, don't play that game. They got The Chiefs have to come out and jump all over them. Browns you don't want to play that game with the Browns because they'll lose. Out, Browns blew out the Steelers last week without the head coach. Stefanski uh, was out because of COVID. He mm-hmm. will be back for this game against the Chiefs. Yep. So I think that, yeah, I just, oh man, I believe that you do not want to get in a close matchup with the Browns and you don't want to start off like slow against the Browns because that running attack, the main reason why I say that, the Chiefs running defense is bottom. It's one of the worst in the league. And you're going against the Browns with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. Which former, which former Texas Tech quarterback you taking in this? Baker Mayfield or Patrick Mahomes? I would be a fool not to take Patrick Mahomes. I just believe that there's pressure there to perform because they see the Browns, they see what they did. They just see, they just saw what they did last week. You can't come out and just be like, yo, we can get down to the, like how they were to the Texans 24 seven or something like that. You can't do that this year. You can't go down 24 seven and think that you're just gonna just make your way back in a quarter. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes has the ability to do stuff like that. They have an offense that can that can be fireworks and put up points very quickly. But I don't believe that you want to be in a place where you get down in a hole to to the Cleveland Browns, especially with the momentum that they're playing with. So um, yeah, that's you know. Other than that, I think my other thing that I take from this is the quarter, the NFC, and the AFC. If you've looked at the quarterbacks that are in the NFC in these final rounds in the AFC, it's like the old guns versus the, first, um, versus the fresh blood, right? Well, except All- for one, it's still a legend versus legend battle. You're talking the NFC South Tom Brady versus Drew Brees. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, I, and I'm just talking about the NFC as far as the, the, the quarterbacks that are left. You got Breeze, Brady, and uh, Aaron Rodgers, who you can consider the veteran. But in the AFC, you got Lamar, you got uh, what, Josh Allen. Josh Allen, you Mahomes, and, Baker. Yeah, you got the future. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I'm not calling the, a- the NFC the past, but, you know, the legends versus the future kind of thing yeah. going here. So it's kind of cool to see. Um, but who do you got in that uh, Buccaneers Saints game? Uh, the, like you said earlier, 
the the Saints didn't impress me. Even with them having Michael Thomas and Kamara back there, they only put up 21 points against the Bears, um, who don't have an offense to really save their life. The Buccaneers right. are not the big. They'll be able to score points with New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a defense that's comparable to New Orleans. So I think that uh, it's going to be an entertaining game, but I think Tampa Bay moves on to the NFC Championship. Oh, you got Tampa. Okay. Um, yeah, I do, I do have Tampa as well. I have Tampa Bay winning. Uh, I think that Tom Brady and that offense is clicking. Antonio Brown, be careful. T- Antonio Brown is gaining his confidence back. He's becoming comfortable in this offense. He sees his insight. He sees it. Yep. And, and if Antonio Brown is engaged, Antonio Brown is top three receiver in this league yeah. before he left. He was he was up there arguably as the best receiver. He, does, he hasn't lost a step. It's just that, like you said, the off-the-field stuff was getting in the way of what he was doing on the field. And you give Tom Brady that weapon that he can pull out at any time in the playoffs, I, I just believe that Tom Brady, you never bet against Brady in the playoffs, and I'm not betting against him now. I believe that they get passed. But we finally get the Brady Bowl, um, the Brady Breeze Bowl that we always wanted. Right, right, right. right. Um, Long time in the making. What was yep. the bet that we had? What was the bet for, for the Abbey? I forgot. You said, you said if the Packers don't make the, the Super Bowl, you change your Abbey to whatever I want it to be. For a month, right? For a month. All right, right. Got Bro, you, you better hope you better hope Aaron Donald is still hurt. But I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so, man. I don't know. But So you picking the Rams? Uh I didn't think so. I didn't think so. <laughs> Cause Valdez Scantlin right. is looking like a beast too. Uh, all right, let's go. Down. Let's run them down. Let's run them down. Who you got? Rams or Packers? You I know who you got. Know. You got Packers, the pack. Sure. You got the pack. I'm uh, I'm gonna go with the upset. I'm gonna go with the Rams. Wow. I am. I'm gonna wow. go with the upset. Rams are taking <laughs> too. This boy want to yep. change my Abby so bad. Yeah, he I'm gonna go with the upset. LeBron when he was Prince for Halloween, that's what he wanted my Abby. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta start search. I gotta start searching. Next game, Ravens and Bills. Who you got? Uh, I got the Bills, man. I like the Bills. I like the Bills. Give me Lamar, man. Give me like Lamar. The Ravens the most dangerous team. I'm tired of me P- picking against Lamar Jackson. I keep I keep singing his praises, and then I hate on him. Huh? Yeah, but it's okay. It's okay. I just I think that the Bills. Yes, Josh Allen has become a way more accurate passer um, this year than he's ever been. Right. That Ravens defense is nasty, bro. Um, Marcus Peters showing and proving. Gonna be out there lurking in the, in in the secondary. Josh Allen can't make any mistakes. So with that being said, and Lamar is Lamar. I mean, you don't know what you're gonna get, but you know it's gonna be electrifying. So give me the Ravens in that one. Uh, next game, Browns and Chiefs. Who you got? Chiefs in a close one. I think it's gonna be a shootout. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm go with the Chiefs. I can't. I just can't bet against Mahomes. I just I just fear that with a week off, hopefully they they are sharp because the Browns are coming. Uh, and then we picked on the Bucks and Saints, and Saints, right? You said you got the Buccaneers. Right. I do too. All right, bet. So, I mean, these are good. All these games are great. Games. Wops, man. Wops. All right, last NFL topic. Couple NFL topics before we move on into the quick hits. Uh, Sean Watson's situation. He, he mm-hmm. basically he basically reiterated he wants out. Uh, he's not happy with the direction that the Houston Texans have been going. They didn't. They didn't consult with him in terms of choosing a new GM. Uh, there is no word as to whether or not they're gonna. They are. They did uh, let it out that they are indeed gonna interview uh, Eric Bieniemy from the Chiefs. 
when right. it was originally reported that they were not going in that direction. And that is who uh, Deshaun Watson has pegged as saying that that's who he wants to endorse as a head coach. Yeah. Um, a former Houston great made some made some interesting comments earlier in the week. Andre Johnson, obviously soon to be Hall of Famer, uh, came out and, and made some comments. So tell the folks what, what what exactly AJ said, bro. Yeah, man. Andre Johnson said, uh, quote unquote, if I'm Deshaun Watson, I will stand my ground. The Texans organization is known for wasting players' careers. Since Jack, what is it, Esterby, has walked into the building, nothing good has happened in the organization. And for some reason, someone can't seem to see what see what's going on. Pathetic. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins took to took to Twitter and said that he shared Andre Johnson's sentiments. He's basically. Uh, championing Deshaun Watson getting up out of Houston, mm-hmm. as Same well way. as as well as uh, as well as great uh, JJ Watt. Yeah, and so I mean, when you look at this situation, Chris, it's a little bit too late. It's a, too little, too late. You didn't do your due diligence by you know putting uh, the coach from the Chiefs on your list of people to talk to, and that's who Deshaun Watson wanted y'all to go get from jump or go talk to from jump. And you're trying to do it to save face, to look like, oh, we're doing it. And no, you guys are just doing it so you don't lose your quarterback. Um, It it may be too little too late with that. And I think Deshaun Watson is really seriously wearing out his options. And I think we shouldn't be surprised in the next couple weeks um, if he asks for a trade. Is he better than any of the quarterbacks that are coming out of this draft? Would you would you leverage your situation for Deshaun Watson over Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields? Oof. Would you take Deshaun uh, Watson over those guys? Damn, that leads it. It's kind of in my ne- in the next story. He's so four years in the league right now. So it's to the next story, and now we're gonna come right back to this. So uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars are looking to. Um, it looks like it's evident they're gonna ink a deal with Urban Meyer to be the next head coach. Damn. Yeah. He was asking uh, twelve mil. That's more than Gruden. Yeah, man. Uh, He's gonna command that, you know, Urban Meyer's pedigree in college. He's I mean, never he doesn't. The pros, he, yeah, he has. He hasn't done anything in the pros, but you know, to pull him out of retirement, do with you know with his uh, health situation and everything, um, to pull mm-hmm. him out of retirement. Yeah, you know that he, he was gonna command some money, and honestly, the Jaguars need a face that you know can be marketable. So Urban Meyer is gonna be is that guy that'll bring some attention there. Now, with that being said. Urban Meyer, first-time coach. Deshaun Watson is a better option than all of the options Thank currently, you. Cur- currently coming. Listen, Mount listen, Thank yeah, listen, listen. Deshaun Watson is better than any option. He's better than Trevor Lawrence. He's better than uh, Fields. He's better than Zach Wilson. He's better than all these guys, right? Stop. Stop. When Deshaun Watson was at Clemson, who was his backup? Uh... What, it was it wasn't Fields, was it? No. Fields goes to Ohio State. I'm tripping. I'm tripping. Um, I forgot the dude's name. Trevor Lawrence. No, 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 no. It was another guy. Trevor Lawrence took his spot. It was Trevor Lawrence. Tre- Trevor Lawrence came there, but he took the kids. He took he, he took the other kids. Spot. Kelly Bryant. Forgot his name. Kelly, Kelly Bryant. Bryant. Forgot his name. Yeah. He took his spot. Now, all I'm saying is this: Urban Meyer being a first-time coach, I'm probably not trading for Deshaun Watson. I'm not. I'm going to have to rebuild with the quarterback I'm about to pick, which is Trevor Lawrence. Only four years in the league. Yeah, but yeah, but listen to it. It's, more, it's bigger than that. Deshaun Watson is already not happy with his situation 
with the Texans, right? Because of the organization. The Jaguars ain't winning more. The Jaguars ain't won. Shit, they the number one pick for a reason. They, they was just in the AFC Championship two years ago, but dog. They, but they won one game this last piece. They suck. They fucking suck. They not good. They're not good. And what you're going to do is you're going to trade from one bad situation to another bad situation. So if the thing is him wasting his years, if the, if the conversation is him wasting his years, I don't know if Jacksonville is the, is the place for him to go. But the Houston Texans might look at it and say, yeah, fine. If you want to go, we'll take Trevor Lawrence. Go ahead and go to Jacksonville. Make it work out. I personally believe that Urban Meyer is going to stick with taking Trevor Lawrence and start and, re- and build with him. And Deshaun Watson is going to end up in a better situation for himself other than Jacksonville. I don't even want to see him in Jacksonville. So maybe that's just my heart. I do not want to see Deshaun Watson in Where do you want him? You want him on the Jets? Philly? Um, I'll take him on the Jets. I'll take him. I, I, I don't. I wouldn't mind seeing him in Philly. I wouldn't mind seeing him in Chicago if they would get rid of Nagy. Um, and I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind seeing any of them. But I. I just don't want to see him in Jacksonville. And I don't want him to go there. Urban Meyer doesn't know what he's doing. Then all of a sudden, it's Texas all over again. Oh man, they don't know what they're doing. They got me in bad positions. They got him looking bad out there, running for his life after every snap. Like nah, bro. Put that man in a better situation. That's going to do it for the bands for this week, man. Make sure y'all stay in tune with us. Tap in with us on the IG at the Hitman Podcast, at Labeled and Known, at Mo underscore Sal1. Also hit us up in the mailbag, the Hitman Podcast at gmail.com. Quick hits. Shout out to the Alabama Crimson Tide and Coach Nick Saban. They just knocked out another one, another national championship victory. Over the Ohio State Buckeyes, they roll Ohio State 52 to 24. Nick, Nick Saban, Saban is the GOAT. He's the GOAT. He passes Bear goat. Bryant for the most uh, national championships all time. Seven national championships, six with Alabama. Legends. Legends. Gracious, bro. Like, yeah, dog, there's nobody better at this than Nick Saban. I think that he, he's probably happy he left that. Um, that Miami Dolphins job as soon as he did. It paid off. It paid off for him. That was one of the weirder things that happened in sports. That man took the job with Miami and I think it was like a week later, a couple days later, he was like, nah, I'm straight. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, he, he was wild as hell for that. But um, I think that he's he's happy. Yeah, I mean, he owns Alabama. He's probably, they're probably going. He could run for governor if he wants he'll to. Ne- yeah, he'll never have to pay for anything ever in his life again in Alabama. Uh, shout out to, you know, the Crimson Tide, great team, pro talent. It's uh, the SEC. It is what it is, man. It is what it is. It, I mean, that's all you can say. He's the goat. He's the goat at what he does for college football and for those players. Major League Baseball is planning to have fans all season for 2021, and they're expected to go back to a full 162 game season starting this year. Good luck, dog. I'll see how long that lasts. <laughs> yeah, 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 y'all stupid. Uh, MLB, y'all stupid. You y'all gonna it. have full fans in the stands all year? Y'all stupid. You mentioned it earlier, Bears chairman George McCaskey says Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy, uh, they will be back next year, but they have not received contract extensions as of yet. <laughs> Bro, and then they said, it's not them. We need better quarterback play. So y'all gonna take the cop out and say that it was Mitchell Shabrisky's fault? Man! That's all I gotta say, bro. That's it. That's all I gotta say. I'm, I'm not finna get. I'm not finna get started with that. 
The Bears defensive coordinator Chuck Pagano uh, decides to retire. Um, he was the former head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. He's had health problems for the past few years. He was a cancer survivor, but he's calling it quits as opposed to taking an extension with the Bears. Great career, man. Uh, shout out to him and whatever he's going to uh, you know, enjoy retirement. Enjoy it. Last, last quick hit. Uh, Theo Epstein has decided to join the MLB uh, commissioner's office as a consultant for on-field matters. He was the former GM of the Boston Red Sox and Chicago Cubs bringing championships to both those story franchises. So salute to Theo Epstein. Congrats yeah, on his a, next, the next chapter. Yeah, he's a legend. Um, he, he's always been ahead of the curve with the game as far as a GM. And I'm, hopefully he's going to bring some sense to MLB front office. I just got scams a little while ago on some sneakers, Ooh. but a player going to pick back up where he left off. It's all good. That's just the Damn. answer close in life. Let's get off into the sneaker rundown Damn. for the week. Didn't expect to hear that. <laughs> Didn't expect to go into the sneaker rundown like that, man. I yeah. hope you good, man. Play hey, look. Up, but it's all minus, good. Minus setback for a major comeback, bro. It's all good. Shout out to my boy Jordan who put me on Motor Hype on Facebook. It's a dope look. Uh, community. I'm in a couple of them trying to get my sneakers off. I, I strayed away from home this past weekend trying to cop something. Mm. Trying to big dog the situation, but it's all Played good. You. I'm glad I did some charity work for somebody out there that needed it. It's still a panorama going on. It's still a Pandora out here, so everybody be safe. <laughs> Watch your pockets, you feel me? <laughs> <laughs> what we got, man? What all we right. got on the sneaker run On now? the slate, according to sneakers, they dropped the Martian Sunshine Air Max 1 today. Uh, sold out on the sneakers app. Starting tomorrow, you got the Air Force One Ray Guns, as well as the uh, Air Raid Ray Guns. Okay. Uh, the last, the rounding out that pack on the 15th is uh, a Blazer Mid 77 Vintage. Big get of the week for the for the kid. Big get of the week is gonna be available on the sneakers app. It's gonna be available for in a full size run. It's the Air Jordan 13 Starfish colorway. It's basically the, the Air Jordan 13s, but with the orange, the shattered backboard silhouette. Those are always going crazy. Um, but they're a dope colorway coming out the 16th yeah. of this week. That's Saturday. Make sure you have your money ready. Make sure you have your credit cards together. Mm -hmm. These will go fast, and I like them a lot. I don't know if I'm a cop, but these are hard. I like them. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm slick. For sure, for sure. Uh, Peanuts and Puma came out with a future ride. Those dropping on the 15th. Kyrie came out with another Kyrie 7 colorway. And then to round it out, Yeezy Mafia, the, the Yeezy Boost 380. I don't even know how to say this shit. Yikorite? Yikorite? <laughs> yeah, bro. I'm not even gonna try. Yeah, another weirdo moon yeah. shoe. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, you, like... As much as I be like, yo, these shoes weird. People love the Yeezys, man. You gotta let it rock. You gotta let it. You gotta let it rock. You gotta let it rock, man. He, he developed some. He developed the brand. He developed the shoe that people really actually like, and and I, they're comfortable. So, you know, keep getting that money. All right, let's do it. Yeah. So it's my go, real quick. Yeah. This NBA legend almost became a garbage man instead of playing forward in the NBA. 
He went on to win three NBA titles and multiple MVPs. He's a star of the 80s and one of the top 50 players in the NBA history. You have 30 seconds to give me the name, the full name of this player, and your time starts now. He was trying to be a garbage man? He almost gave up his NBA career to be a garbage man. He won three titles? He won three NBA championships. He won three NBA championships. He has two he first names, and he's an NBA legend. Fifteen seconds. An NBA legend. He was one of the top fifty players of all time. All time. Ten Bruh. seconds. Why does this? Two first names. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Damn, that's you got me. Shit. Not no bang. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about the hick from Fritz Lick, Larry Joe Bird. Ah, two first names. Larry Joe Bird. Bro, stop it, dog. Uh, that threw me. Larry Joe Bird. Like, who was I go? When have you ever called him Larry Joe Bird? Right now, Larry Joe Bird. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, this dude, you okay, man. You funny as hell, dog. He's almost a garbage man. His family was in sanitation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and public works. So Damn. a lot of the time when you saw Larry Bird, uh, if anyone has ever checked out the documentary uh, Bird and Magic, 30 for 30, you saw him yes, a lot of times have. cutting his grass. He would cut his old high school's grass for free, cut his neighbor's grass for free. So he was in the public works. And outside of getting a scholarship to play at Indiana State, uh, he was going to go into sanitation and be a garbage man before he committed to fully to basketball. So shout out no, to the that Shout out to Larry Bird. He's a legend. Um, is you know how they talk about players who could play in this era and that era and this then and the third. Oh, no. Larry problem. Bird could have played no in this problem. era. He would have been doing like uh he would have been doing stuff that y'all them like, yeah, that's a cold white boy, you know, and he is probably the coldest white boy to ever do it. But you know, this leads me into a next a, a statement I want to make. We were talking about like you was talking about Kyrie. You said when he's engaged, he's a top three point guard, right? For sure. In this league. Well, I'm going to tell you who the best point guard in the NBA is. I finally made up my mind who the best point guard in the NBA is. <laughs> the best point guard in the NBA over the last five games has done this. 34 points, 13 rebounds, 9 assists. 20 points, 11 rebounds, 10 assists. 38 points, 9 rebounds, 13 assists. Mm. 33 points, 16 rebounds, 11 assists. Mm. And 27 points, 15 rebounds, 7 assists. The best point guard in the NBA is Luka Doncic. And I'm standing on that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm standing on that. I'm standing on that. Bro. The best point guard in the NBA is Luka Doncic. You, show me, you tell me who's better at the point guard. He's actually listed as point guard, too. So he's the best point guard in the NBA. That's gross. There he is. Steph Curry's the best in the game. We all know it. Shout no out. Disrespect, shout no out. disrespect. No disrespect. Shout no disrespect out. to Steph. Luka Doncic's best point guard in the game. Shout outs. Shout outs. Shout outs. Shout outs. Shout out to my boy, Kevin. Uh, as we speak, he is getting ready to 
receive his new blessing into this world. Um, you know, um, he kept he kept it. They didn't. He didn't want to find out the gender until they had the baby. So um, I don't know if it's a girl or a boy, but um, I'm excited to find out. Uh, you know, so congratulations, brother. Love you. Love you and your family. Um, hope that everything is going well. So that's my shout out. That's a shout out. Yes, sir. That's a righteous shout out. Shout out to Kevo. Shout out to Naomi Osaka. She was just named new, uh, the newest global ambassador for Louis Vuitton. So alongside Virgil Abloh, we got some African-Americans up there in Fashion House. So salute to Naomi Osaka. Continuing to collect them chicks. That's what's I'm up. sure that we'll have a Nike and LV collab for some tennis gear coming up pretty soon. Shout out to my friend in the industry, Lee Kalinske. I got a chance to go through the garden, like I said earlier in the episode. And not knowing that he's basically the prince of the garden. His father, George Kalinske, is a world-renowned famous photographer. Almost any iconic moment in MSG from the 1960s up until the early 2000s, he was the man. He mm. had he took the pictures at WrestleMania 1, Hulk Hogan and Mr. T. He took the pictures of the George Frazier, Muhammad Ali heavyweight bout. He took the pictures of Billy Joe. He took the pictures of Elton John, Jay-Z, anybody that sold out the garden. He was the man behind the lens. Back in the 60s and 70s, his pictures were seven, selling for $500 a photo. So you can imagine mm-hmm. in the 90s and 2000s, if he's the man, when the Rangers won their championship, when the Knicks won their two championships, George Kalinske was the man that captured the moment. So salute to Lee. Salute to George Kalinske. Uh, very well-deserved uh, Hall of Fame career. <laughs> Blessed to know you, man. Blessed to have worked with you. Appreciate it. Con- I hope that we have many more years working together. Uh, that's my shout-outs for the week, bro. That's perfectly said, bro. So good. This was a good one, man. Uh, <laughs> a lot to unwrap here, but yeah, you pushed my yeah. buttons today. No, it's all good. Like that's what that's what it's about, man. You need sometimes you got to get schooled on how basketball works. <laughs> so you know, I'm, I'm just I'm just no, here. No, I'm, no. <laughs> I'm just here. You know, what I'm saying to to school you and let you know, you know, just how some of these things work. You know, straight I, up. <laughs> Straight up. <laughs> nah, this was a good one. Y'all listen back to this. And like I said earlier, Mo might lose his stripes, but we're going to see what's up. <laughs> we're going to stay locked in. Y'all make sure y'all keep keep tuning in. We love y'all. We appreciate all the support. Make sure y'all rate, review, and subscribe. Y'all can find us everywhere that podcast live, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and many more. Hit us yeah. up on the Instagram, the Hitman Podcast, at labeled and known, at Mo underscore Sal1. Y'all check us out in the mailbag, mm-hmm. the Hitman Podcast at gmail.com. Yes. With that yes, being sir. said, we're going to get back with y'all next time. Same bat time, same bat channel. We up out of here. Holla. What happened here was a miracle, and I want you to f-ing acknowledge it. All right. It was a miracle. Can we go now? Can we go now? Center. Yeah. Oh!